Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Reunion, an FF7R podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me once again today is my infamous friend and co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? Uh, pretty good. But uh, earlier I had a headache, but I killed it, and now it's gone, <laughs> and I'm well-fed now, and ready to roll. How about you? You just slashed that headache away. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Triple slashed it away. I bravered it away. Ooh. I omni-slashed it away. <laughs> I like that. I'm doing okay, actually. Just kind of a slow start to my day. It's really gloomy and rainy around here. So I, when I woke up, I just was kind of disoriented because I slept a little too long. And then it felt kind of like it was nighttime, you know, when I woke up. So it's like, I felt like I should just stay in bed, like not get up. <laughs> but... I'm so happy that I changed my mind because I'm here today to uh, talk to you all about Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate and all of the Square Enix events that happened in the past few weeks. So before we start talking about those events, I just want to remind everybody the best way to support us here on the podcast is to like, sub, and share the podcast. Hop on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done so. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, because we are available on all of them. Also, you can check out our Twitter account. Uh, We are going to be doing a giveaway, actually, so now might be a good time to tell you about that. So uh, Viz and I are super happy and excited to let everybody know that we are going to be giving away a digital deluxe uh, edition of Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate to one lucky listener. So here's what you have to do. So you have to follow us on Twitter, and all you have to do after that is either retweet or quote tweet our posting about this giveaway for your chance to enter to win that uh, digital deluxe version of Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. And I just want to take a second here to bring light to something super awesome actually about the podcast. So we were number one on Apple Podcast Charts in Thailand and also number nine in France for a few weeks this month. So that's super exciting. I'm just happy about that and i just i'm super appreciative as well to everybody that's you know been supporting us from the beginning and also for new listeners who are just uh finding out about our podcast now and tuning in it really does mean a lot uh all of your support you know it's uh it's just so incredible and i just want to take a second to say thank you so much to everybody for listening to us and sticking by us for this podcast yeah thank you all means a lot to us (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I just also want to read a review that we actually received on Apple Podcasts here from one of our amazing listeners. This is what they say. So they say, Kai and Viz are fantastic. The podcast sounds great and their discussion and assessments are fantastic. They give great opinions and reactions without ever sounding cynical or judgmental. They truly love the games and franchise and I always look forward to their updates. Absolutely recommend this podcast to anybody following Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that was from one of our listeners, Silosos. So thank you so much for taking the time out to leave us a review. We really appreciate it. All right, Viz, so what's been going on over at Cosmo Canyon Observatory? Uh, quite a lot, actually. Unlike uh, most of the time, well, I just say, oh, well, there's nothing going on, <laughs> new video, and that's it. Lately... Mostly because of Integrate announcement, uh, I switched gears and returned to the rough analysis format because that's that go, goes much faster because I record myself just from notes, no scripts, mm-hmm. and 
I just clean up what I recorded, so it's not really much editing work in there, unless I missed something. Um, so two of those are already out. The third, mm -hmm. uh, covering the new battle elements, combat elements, will be releasing soon. I still need to finish recording that. And then we also started a new series called Pulse of the Livestream, which I'm personally completely hands-off. I only uh, maybe assist if absolutely necessary, mm -hmm. but I'm just the, the counselor and the one that gives the green light for him. But it's all on Kudakuma and Peep Snipples who brought this show to life. The first, the inaugural episode is already up, which is mm -hmm. more like a, uh, an explanation of what this format, this new format is, and that, that it will not distract from uh, the main videos because, well, I myself have, not, have nothing to do with that work-wise. So it's, it should work out pretty well. I'm so stoked for, for the next their next episode and what they do mm -hmm. because the editing is pretty cool, cool and their interaction is really funny and interesting. And they really aim to bring factual news and stuff. Yeah, and I've watched your episode Yuffie uh, videos and I'm super excited to see, I guess, your analysis of the battle system and the changes there, the additions to that. And uh, talking about pulse of the live stream as well i think it's super amazing actually that you know it's like a community project right so we have members is, of yeah. the cco community um, wanting to participate and create something like this i think is absolutely incredible so shout out to kuta kuma and also peeps nibbles and i know that rima and rizzle are also involved and i yes. forgot to mention it's not that i forgot to mention them because i did repost this on twitter what happened was i actually hadn't clicked on there was like a um like I think it was on your Twitter account it was a posting about Pulse of the live stream and it had everybody who's involved on it, but I hadn't clicked on it to see the full list. Oh, I so, see. Yeah. yeah. So my no apologies to Rizzle and, and Rima, but shout out to you guys as well. I'm super excited and stoked to see, you know, what you guys have in store for us there on uh, Pulse of the live stream. Definitely. And if you want to know more, please watch the video. It's around five minutes long, I think, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly. It's on our main channel, the Cosmo County Observatory, and more to come. And also what happened yesterday mm -hmm. is uh, some, something really, really cool. Uh, Schrodinger's baby seal invited me to, to his um, Team 6, or now Team 7, stream. Mm -hmm. It's a, a live stream talking to other people and going into theories and mysteries surrounding uh, the F7 remake. And yesterday it was my turn. We went nuts and bolts on <laughs> on this game. All the mysteries, uh, Aerith stuff, Whisper, Sephiroth, Chadley, uh, what else? Stamp, yeah, uh, the flowers, and there were so many things. And of of course, also integrate. Mm -hmm. It's it's worth a watch. It's four hours, <laughs> so brace <laughs> yourselves and uh, make some time so that you can listen with one yeah. ear. I feel like if it's like our listeners that are going to be watching and listening to this, they're used to it. I mean, come on. Oh, they are. <laughs> our that's episodes true. are that's so true. long. <laughs> <laughs> and they know by now, right? So I'm sure that they would yeah. be totally used to that and uh, open to listening oh, to the full yeah. four hours. Yes. But yeah, I, I tuned in and it was so awesome seeing you there and um, listening to your conversation. And I really did enjoy hearing, I guess, your opinion about the multiple Midgar 
mm-hmm. theories with the changes or the differences, I guess, in the cutscenes and yep. the in-game um, model there for Midgar because I think there's some reactors that look square and then some that look yeah. <laughs> like cylinders. And then I, I liked that discussion as well because I, you know, we talked about it on a previous episode about the potentiality of their being multiple Midgars and mm. that sort of thing. So it was really cool to get your, to see your full opinion about that and also Baby Seals. And uh, shout out to Baby Seal as well for playing my hollow cover at the beginning of the stream. I thought that was super awesome. It was so nice um, for Baby Seal to include uh, my cover in, you know, in the live stream. And everybody was so receptive and supportive. And I was just sitting in the chat and people were just letting me know how awesome it was. And I just, it, I was just so, I just felt warm and fuzzy, you know? Like, <laughs> I was just like, wow. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> That's so nice. It was really nice to listen to it again. It's, it's yeah. really a nice cover. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and Rima as well, shout out to Rima again for creating this music video. It, it's just phenomenal. And it just, it just brings it to another level. You know what I mean? Just yep. having that, the, the video being cut like that and then just hearing the voices of the characters and then hearing my voice come in. I think it's so fitting and it was so well done. So thank you so much, Rima. So if you want to jump over to CCO's YouTube channel, the original music video, is there for you to listen to and watch the audio only version uh, without the dialogue is posted on the reunion podcast YouTube channel. So make sure if you haven't yet to jump on over to, to CCO or the um, podcast YouTube channel to listen to it there. And if you want to really listen to uh, my discussion with baby seal, those whole four hours, mm-hmm. you can either watch, the, watch the, the VOD on Twitch or better yet the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And the link should be posted or uh, retweeted on my either Vizuazath um, Twitter feed or CC underscore observatory on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So you should find them on both. Or just hit up, hit up um, Schrodinger's Baby Seals Twitter feed directly yeah. and just grab it from there. Yeah. Also, give him a follow, you know, give him a follow, yes. subscribe. Honestly, some great Final Fantasy content coming out of Baby Seals channel and uh, also his twitter account so check check out all of his socials and make sure you leave a uh, you leave a comment or a review as well um it really means a lot it does yeah all right viz so once again we are going to be talking about all of the square enix events so we got a few events we got um the past few weeks the square enix play 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 event that was in japan it wasn't japanese but thank you so much to audrey for once again live translating that whole event on twitter um we will be talking about that event as well there was also an article that was posted on rpg site that was the translation, I think, from the... Famitsu interview, was it? From March this year sometime? Yeah, I think. It's pretty recent. Yeah. So we will be talking more in depth about the recently released Famitsu interview featuring none other than nomura san and discussing the highlights of that interview. And some of the highlights featured were uh, The First Soldier, Ever Crisis, and obviously Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. And there was another uh, Square Enix event that happened on March 18th uh, that we'll be touching on as well. All right, so let's get into it here. So the Square Enix Play 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 event has happened. We didn't really get that much new stuff from, from this event. I was a little bit disappointed, but I'm not surprised, honestly, because we just had the state of play, I think, a little bit earlier on in the month. 
where they showed uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. And I, I wasn't sure, I wasn't quite sure like what we knew, like any new things that we were going to get um, and what more they were going to tell us about um, Integrate and the episode Yuffie DLC. I was hoping we might get a little bit like something new about the story maybe, but we didn't get that much stuff. So what we did get was an extended PS5 upgrade trailer. I think that it had some extra scenes in there. I know that there was one when I think they're on top of the train and it shows more of like what's happening there. The train starts moving or something like that. And we did get more of a look at the um, additional upgrades to the textures. And also there was an extended look at the differences in the modes because you can choose like 60 FPS mode or resolution mode. And there was some extra scenes there. But yeah, I didn't really notice anything else that we got what do you think, Viz? Um, yeah, it was pr pr that's pretty much it. But if I rem remember correctly, they explicitly explicitly stated that there won't be any new stuff, just like uh, uh, a deep deep look in what we already saw, mm -hmm. which is correct. So we, as you mentioned, we saw a few more scenes, comparison scenes between PlayStation Four and Five. In terms of lighting, fog, textures and stuff, and also photo mode. Yeah. And I also checked again the um the 4K and the 60 FPS mode. And in the, the 4K section is actually in 30 FPS flat. Mm -hmm. So it's either 4K native and 30 FPS or 60 FPS and probably um a dynamic resolution upres right. using checkerboarding or something that's hard to see unless you have software that can uh, analyze that like digital foundry has yeah or if you actually know what it does in the background so it's i i was hoping for mm -hmm. um unlocked frame rate but uh, on the other hand it's better to lock it to 30 and provide a stable 4k image and stable 30 fps other than jumping around between 30 and 60, because you will notice that. So yeah. it's, it's a good, good move uh, from their side. Re the dynamic resolution is not that much of an issue. You barely notice that anyway. That's about that. Yeah, I, I just want to take a second. I, I'm just, I'm sad that we still have to choose between these, you know, in 2021. Oh, yeah. It's a new console generation, and we still have to choose between resolution mode or like a faster FPS mm. mode. Like I, I just wish that we could get both, <laughs> you know, which obviously there's, there's limitations to the hardware right now. And I know it's going to be, I think that it's going to go away eventually in the future. I don't know if it might go away, the PS5 Pro upgrade, you know what I'm saying? Like if that actually ends up being a thing, it's just, for me, it's a little, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's disappointing. I think that we still have to choose between those, but I do understand why. It exists. Do you think that the 60 FPS version of the game is like it has those upgraded textures of only the PS5 version, right? Like we're not getting a mm -hmm. 60 FPS patch, but we're running the PS4 Pro, like at PS4 Pro so, Fidelity, no. right? So it's PS5, yeah. Yeah. So do you think that we're getting, so we're getting those extra textures, we're getting the FP, the 60 FPS. Do you think? Do you think that, like, what, what are they doing there? You think it's a dynamic 
uh, resolution that's happening so that we can get the extra textures with the 60 FPS? Is that what you're saying? That that's what we're getting? Or are we getting just 1080p? Sure. Or like you think it's going between like 1080p or 1440p or what do you think? 1800 or something. Yeah. It really depends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, I, as far as I remember, many games in the past have opted for a dynamic resolution, mm -hmm. which is then just up-rest to 4K, but it's not true 4K, but at least the frame rate is there, stable okay. 60 FPS. Yeah. And that's also, that's much easier to, to do without disruption, but unlocked frame rates and dynamic frame rates, that's, that will hurt your eyes uh, at, at some point, I wager, yeah. because I had, I checked that out, this um, 30 or unlocked and locked 30 FPS with um, se uh, Infamous Second Son on PS4. And then in the end, I just played with a locked 30 FPS because the, the unlocked frame rates were yeah. so jarring at times, especially when uh, panning around with the camera, it was so weird. So I switched. So stable, low mm -hmm. frame rate is better. So if they want stable 60, then uh, that's good. Stable 30 is also good, but focus on the stable frame rates. Dyna uh, resolution is secondary, in my yeah. opinion. Just as high as possible. What do you think you're going to use? Do you think you're going to use the, um, the FPS mode, right? Probably, yeah. The most, yeah. I think so, too. Mm. I, I did this in Final Fantasy 15 as well, because uh, I think they had like a PS4 Pro version of that game right because it has like yes. resolution mode or fps mode and I, I played it on the fps mode because i just couldn't with the just with the frame drops and it was just like you said when you're turning the camera around it was just super jarring and mm -hmm. i just couldn't i just couldn't do it so I, I i chose the fps mode so i think that once i get my ps5 and i get integrate i'll probably play it on the 60 fps version as well I'd have to, to to see if if you really see a huge difference in in visual quality mm -hmm. because if you do then I want to want the uh, the resolution mode because I'm yeah. I'm now used to 30 fps in Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah, I agree. Um but if if it's barely visible only if you really check then I'll just play in 60 fps yeah. unless I will I'm recording for uh for footage or for screenshots then I of course need the, the true 4k for best quality yeah so I'll probably just do both <laughs> I I did that as well in 15 like when I wanted to look at the landscape and just like kind of take in the scenery and everything I would turn it on but then when I'm actually like battling I would switch it back to fps mode because i oh, when you're I battling like you want it to be as smooth as possible well mm, for me yes. i i did anyway because i felt like there was a lag between my obviously there is anyway but just input lag you know between like my television and me pressing the buttons and everything it's yeah 15 had that yeah. you still experience that i think mm. and this game was pretty good, I feel, on PS4 with that, but I just, I think that I would want it as smooth as possible in, in combat, especially, mm, so, sure. yeah. It would be nice, uh, a hybrid mode, where in combat it's 60 FPS, and then mm. after combat it's, it changes back to 30. That would be Maybe cool. this would also be jarring, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to see. Well, I'm hoping that, like, the flower textures are upgraded by default, oh, yeah. so when you're looking at the flowers in FPS mode, they don't look as bad as they did in the the PS4 version. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which I think it's going to be better. 
you you see the flowers in uh, in one short scene where yes. Cloud is uh, walking through the garden, but they are too far away to actually see mm-hmm. because if they're fo- if they're enough far away enough, then they might still render in low res. But then if you're actually close by, or if a, if a cutscene is playing, they might show the mm-hmm. better texture and models. I really really hope so because in those Aerith scenes. In chapter 8 and 14, it was so jarring seeing all those crappy flower models. Like t- yeah. t- 10 or 20 uh, polygons or something. Probably more, but it's, it felt like mm-hmm. just a dozen polygons or something. Yeah, I just, for me, I just can't wait to see the, I guess, the upgraded uh, skyboxes because that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The one, what chapter was it when you're. 15. It's, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, the 15. That's the one they showed, and it really looks better now. Yeah. But I'm also interested in chapter 6, when you're yes. on, the, on the underplate. Yes, that one. And it, lo- it looks sharp, but flat. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know. They'd have to re-render this. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it's fixed. We'll see. I guess not yeah. too much longer. And the door. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't shown the doors yet. Nope. Right? <laughs> And so they know. Knows? I'm yeah. sure they know. They probably haven't updated those. They probably haven't. Maybe. Just, just watch. Just just wait. Just watch. Yeah. I, I... Or they wait. Or they wait until the next trailer to show. Yeah. I don't know. Um, then the the new scene you mentioned also happened. This is for for us who look at every single frame. Really mm-hmm. important. Also new battle scenes, or not really new, but from a different angle and yeah. uh, from different. Uh, different point in the boss battle the trains you mentioned earlier it's not really a train but it's more like a, a freight um conveyor belt with okay containers on it and yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested in if it if this will become um an actual mechanic or if it's if this okay. is just part of a uh Hmm. Uh, a cutscene because if it's just this cutscene and we won't use the conveyor belt to go to places or to prevent fo- uh, our um, pursuers to fo- from following us or something that would be kind of a letdown but wouldn't be too bad but I still I always like it if if they include uh, environmental interactions into gameplay yeah and not just cutscenes so, but other than that, there's not really anything new. Only a confirmation that the area where Yuffie um, executes her bloodbath limit break is the is the same area. It's not the exact same location, but the same building and an adjacent room. Because I didn't see any matching elements within those yeah. rooms, so it's probably somewhere else. But still, the same building, the same architecture, everything. Um, and. Just before Yuffie seems to be falling off, in the background you can see the central spire of Midgar, the central pillar, is still a ways off. So we're still not uh, close to where we fight the boss because the the boss area is just right next to to the central pillar. So there is more in between. That's... Well, it could be that this is just uh, due to skybox... Right, and it's actually pretty close. And uh, when we uh, when we then uh, change rooms, switch rooms, then the skybox is either different or the model of the uh, the central spire, which is actually modeled in the boss battle, just covers the actual 
central spire depicted in the skybox, mm -hmm. so it just looks closer. But in another area of this um, whole complex, it looks far away, even though it isn't, because we know how they treat skyboxes, yeah. like dirt. <laughs> there are so many skybox errors in this game. Yes. So, yeah. But one thing has been um, confirmed, that this yellow-haired guy, which I call Al from Avalanche, mm -hmm. um, is actually uh, accompanying us up to the boss battle. Okay. So we, we see him luring away the guards, then we follow him. Then he then we probably overwhelm the guards or lure him around until they don't find us anymore, something like that. And then Al accompanies us, shows us the way to where we need to go through train graveyard and all those mm -hmm. uh, buildings we see him. And after the boss battle, we see him again. So he's probably with us all the time, like Leslie in chapter 14. And this was my prediction, and this is kind of the proof because he's still with us during this uh, whole area. Right. D during this uh, journey from the train station to this facility close to the central spire. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit because you talked a lot about a lot of different things here. So I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's great. So going back to the train thing in the trailer, so what you're saying is you think it's like... um. It's like a freight conveyor train belt, or yeah. a conveyor belt. Oh, okay. It's within a facility that just uh, um, moves around containers, whatever there is it in. Probably, I thought about uh, maybe some metal or something that this uh, boss monster could extract from the earth and then through some processing, laser stuff, they extract the metals and then move them around. Okay. Kind of like a mining facility. That makes sense. Sorts. That's my first guess, but yeah, that's about it. I just remember that you posted something on Twitter and it was two different photos. It was one of the train tracks before it was destroyed, I think. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's, that's something different. Yeah. Yeah, it shows that it yeah, was destroyed right, right, right. after. So I was, I don't know why, but I just thought, hmm, like, I don't know, like maybe that's how they get in or like maybe they, I don't know, sneak their way onto the train and get in, but then it gets destroyed, or maybe that's what they're jumping on is on top of the train because that's how they get there when they show that part in the trailer. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was just kind of an idea. I was like, oh, I got to bring that up oh, to I Viz see, yeah. to see, but <laughs> it might not make sense at all. Well, what I pointed, pointed out is still in the slums in the outskirts where Yuffie's still alone. Which I, it, I just saw this construction in the background mm -hmm. uh, in the trailer, and it looked similar to the the, the decrepit one, the yeah. uh, the, the destroyed one it in does. Sector Five. Yeah, and the, I, I, in the Yuffie DLC trailer, you don't see what's on top. You only see it's a construction and could be the train track on top. And this uh, shot with everything clouds with uh, the destroyed version in the background actually shows train tracks on top. So it, it has mm. been used to um, move around resources or what yeah. have you while building Midgar. And in Sector 5, just everything is destroyed because they dumped all the crap from above. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a dump site. And also something that happened in this uh, play, play, play. First, uh, uh, the, the fun part, when uh, Kitase appeared. Uh, on, on his camera, he held the Buster Sword, probably a latex version or something, because the, or, or a foam, yeah. styrofoam or whatever it is, because the, the tip was broken off already. He likes doing that. 
Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he probably just trained a little with it in his room and knocked things over, and this is the That's result. Funny. Yeah. yeah. And then a little bit later, I think the male host was it who started asking, mm -hmm. uh, wait, uh, we, we do see Jesse's glove and stuff, but uh, yeah. she, she's alive, is she? She can't be dead. <laughs> and then the other, the female one just chimed in and Kitase said, um, didn't really know how to respond and then just said, can't talk about this and, and put his uh, cross fingers over his mouth. <laughs> and many people thought, oh, be because he doesn't just say no, and he can't talk about it. Oh, Jesse will appear again. She's alive. Yeah. But no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the flashback or something, but she, in, in, my, in my book, she's 99.9% dead. <laughs> and only, mostly because she got a whole arc and backstory and yeah. owned her own chapter and had so much screen time and interactions with Cloud and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and this, this, this horribly sad... Um, death scene and yeah. in, in, in really said Jesse died in the uh, chapter um, summary when you go uh, into the menu and the, through the chapter summary it says Jesse died but Bix only got heavily wounded and Bix is alive at the end and Bix yeah. barely got any exposure and backstory and, and scenes which have half so that's why I think Jesse's dead which probably alive because Killing somebody off screen with, uh, when we see only see black, yeah. this is suspicious. And Bix, we know, is alive for further mm -hmm. uh, character arcs and stuff, which I really like. So I just wanted to um, comment on this real yeah. quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I don't think this is a signal for us to know that she's, she is alive. I just think that obviously he's, he's not allowed to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah at this point anyway so i don't take that as she's alive it's just that he he's just not gonna say yes or no because it's a mystery it's a mystery why would he and also you know he's they're tight-lipped about you know any of this yep. stuff so they're not gonna say anything right now all right so moving on here we are going to be going more in depth about the famitsu article highlights here the first highlight here in the Famitsu article is talking about Sonin. So Yuffie's partner, Sonin, is not playable but will help with combination attacks. Here's what it says. So while Yuffie is the only playable character in this new chapter, Sonin will be often fighting right alongside her. Instead of switching control like can be done in the main game with Barret, Tifa, and Aerith, Sonin will instead act on his own. So sometimes opportunities to perform combination attacks will arise. So, I think that this makes sense in the context of what we're getting, which is this Yuffie-focused story, uh, DLC, and, like, we don't know how long this is going to be. I don't know how long you think it's going to be. I think it's going to be maybe five hours, um, just ballpark, I'm not sure, and that's, I think that's pushing it, and I, do, I don't think it's going to be super, super long, so for us to have you know, Sonin and Yuffie as controllable, and then they both have their own weapons, they both have upgrading screens, they both have their own special abilities, they both have, like, I just feel like it's not enough time to spend doing all of that stuff if it's only going to be, like, a short episode DLC. So I would, I, yeah. I, I like this. I would rather them focus on Yuffie and really flesh out her, you know, 
upgradeability and her weapons and unique abilities, special abilities, and her use of materia and focus on that. And I do like how, you know, Sonin is going to be there to do the combination attacks and kind of back her up. I do like this element. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, so people on the internet obviously are saying, well, it's because Sonin's going to die. I don't know. I mean, Red 13 was uncontrollable in the original, and obviously we know that he's still alive, but he's essential to the story, so we know that he's going to be alive. But, like, it's kind of the same sentiment, right? Like, you're just jumping to that conclusion. What's the basis for that, you know? I don't know if he's going to die or not. We don't know until we play it. I hope not, because I think that <laughs> he, he hopefully is a good addition to the story, and he might appear again later on in, in the subsequent parts of Remake after we're teaming up like i feel like that would be a good opportunity maybe in part three or however many parts we're getting you know to come back and help us out again or something i just i don't know i'd like that yeah i i think so too and it would be sad if they kind of just like used him as this kind of character and then they just threw him away you know and didn't reuse him mm -hmm. later on and it would be like i don't know it's like the they spent time to introduce this character and then he's dead and then there's no there's no extension of his story, what his background is, or him reappearing again, you know? Like, I feel like that would be so cool. Anyway, so I love the addition of the combination attacks. I think that this will add a refreshing and interesting element to battling. The battle system in Remake is one of the best aspects of the game. I think it's my most favorite battle system out of all the Final Fantasy games. And I've said this, obviously, we've talked about this on a previous episode as well. So I feel like this provides an opportunity for them to expand the battle system even more. So, you know, three-person team-up attacks uh, or two-person, maybe using magic and physical attacks at the same time, or maybe even something similar to like a Final Fantasy Thirteen paradigm system. I know I'm just kind of going on, I don't know, like I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm stretching it here, but... I don't mean like, you know, being able to change these, you know, systems like the, the team on the fly, but maybe where you can choose something where it's a combination of magic. Maybe it's three. It's like a magic attack where three of them together use magic, you know, or you can mm -hmm. choose. OK, so it's physical damage or a combination. I don't know. Anyways. I can see that, definitely. Yeah, but I think that would be super cool. And I feel like, I, I think I've read somewhere online that the team is trying something new and that this Yuffie episode DLC is kind of like a sneak peek of what's coming and also for them to test out the new PS5 architecture. Yeah, I read that too, yeah. I feel like I read that somewhere, but I think that's super interesting. I think it was, or was it, is it even in this interview or in a previous interview? I, I read it somewhere. I think yeah. Nomura-san said something about this, about what integrate means. And then he, uh, I think mm -hmm. it was in a previous interview. Yeah, but it makes sense, you know, and I think that, uh, I think, and we've been talking about this for a while about, you know, what they can add to kind of flesh out the battle system mm -hmm. even more, like improve the aerial attacks, you know, maybe specific aerial attacks, uh, team up attacks. And yeah. Switch our characters in uh, within battle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. FF10 style. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. So what do you think? So it's uh it's also like you. I th I think it's it makes sense that Sonon is not directly playable because he would be if he's fully playable and upgradable and stuff, then he would be a completely new addition to the roster. 
Mm-hmm, and that's true. introducing that in a DLC would be kind of, uh, I don't know, borderline insulting because a DLC might maybe not be something that everyone will play and then in a second mm. part or whatever, yeah. he, he returns and he's just there again and we don't really know what happened there. So that makes sense. I see this DLC as just an ex- extended Yuffie introduction okay. and um, an expansion on Avalanche, but not, not as um, pertinent to the whole story so that you, if you missed this DLC, you're not lost. Right. You may be, maybe some references you, you miss, but it's not uh, like integral for, mm-hmm. you, for your understanding. And then it also makes sense to uh, any new character you meet there either disappears afterwards or gets reintroduced at a, at a later time in a, in a context that doesn't make you question, oh, wait, did I miss something? So this makes sense from this perspective. And the notion that he might die is also valid. I don't think it's confirmed. Some say, well, this means he's going to die. He's 100% <laughs> going to die. I don't think so. It's a a possibility, of course, like uh, saving or protecting course, Yuffie yeah. or something like that, and or sacrificing himself so yeah. that Yuffie can escape. Yeah, anything I can totally is a possibility. Yes, but he can also survive, and later on in the in a Wutai, Wutai arc, when uh, Yuffie steals our stuff, or even later when maybe Shinra starts uh, the war for real again, and yeah, Shinra That's Avalanche and Wutai f- clash, then uh, he's there as well with Biggs. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is also possible. But this is, I think this is a really, really good um, road in between. So he can't be a fully fleshed character that gets introduced in the DLC. But Yuffie alone would also be boring. Because I think this battle system, this gameplay uh, system they um, built up here does only work in certain places if you're alone. If you're... yeah. Th- Throughout a whole chapter, two whole chapters, all alone, it's a little bit mm, depressing, probably, because you you can't really make use of all all the cool stuff, yeah, all the cool elements. So it's good that she that she has somebody that helps out, but not just a passive character like Red Thirteen, who you can't do anything with. He completely acts on his own, autonomous. Yeah. But here you can. Um, issue commands and also uh, synergized attacks so that they both attack at the same time and maybe there are some some other um, cool elements or systems they haven't shown us yet i'm still i'm still almost dying inside to know what his uh, little wind symbol means because it mm-hmm. this is such such a white card right now or wild card it doesn't really make sense in this uh, in this context also the blue uh, sh- shimmer or glimmer around their status bars. Yeah. It's, it's something different than their normal team up attacks, who, which only use ATB. Mm-hmm. So there's more to show. And I've, I really, really like that. And as you said, it's uh, like a sneak peek to what's to come. I'm pretty sure that all those new elements and uh, mechanics that get introduced here will take over to the next game. And also quality wise. Yeah. That we see how the next game will at least look like and play like. Mm-hmm. I so hope so. Yeah, that, that's about yeah what I, what I think is going on here and how I feel. 
I like that he is included in this. I think that they could have done like a cop out where other games have done this before as well, where it's like you're going through the game and there's like an assistant, like somebody's helping you and then you have a phone and then they call you on this device and they're like, hey, I've been like researching, you know, during this time and I found this and then they like send you items via the phone or something and then you know mm. what i mean like it shows them yeah, on screen and then they talk and blah blah like i feel like i'm i'm happy that he's a character and they are going through this experience together and i think they're going to play yeah. off each other and i think it's good that she yes, has exactly. somebody to talk to it's not just her on this mm. device talking to somebody somewhere else you know which they could have done which probably would have been easier and saved time but i oh, like sure, that yeah. you know and i hope that he does reappear for continuity and just so that, you know, he can help the team maybe later on or I don't know, just I just hope that he's not like a throwaway character. If he dies, he dies. That's fine. I'm sure it'll be emotional as well because you've spent yeah. this time with him, you know, and I hope they do give some background about him. I just don't know how long this DLC is going to be. And I, I just want to get your thoughts about that. So how long do you think it'll be? I'm thinking about five hours. Um. Let's say all the cutscenes together amount to, um, let's say, one and a half hours, because the cutscenes are long, and the introduction cutscene and ending cutscene and stuff and everything in between, there is much more talking going on and directed cutscene, not just two people yeah. standing next to each other and gesturing randomly. Mm-hmm. So, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that it will be a lengthy scenes especially the one we saw which is just a part of their quest or their uh, journey from one from point a to point b to mm-hmm. something in between and there are probably a lot of those and and then we have two chapters the most we we saw is only chapter one i assume and them taking a train to shinra hq and then yeah. ending up in deep ground is chapter two and establishing deep ground and everything that is in there just within one or two hours is too short. So I I lean more towards 10 hours casual playthrough. Like okay. not not my playthrough, I'd probably take like 20 hours or something, but <laughs> yeah. By looking at everything and checking everything and but like a, a, sp- a speedrun or someone who just ignores everything and runs yeah. through just straight to the goal, to the finishing line maybe five six hours yeah that's what i was thinking yeah but someone who takes time but still isn't a completionist like just normal playthrough you look around you just uh, talk to people and uh, yeah do like it's median uh, exploration i'd say 10 hours maybe i'm i'm a bit blue-eyed here but (laughs) (laughs) no i think it's a good estimate and also i think we might be getting some extra battle simulator um content as well they didn't really go into detail or even mention any of that but from watching the trailer that's what it looks like to us well i think you think Mm. this as well but maybe you know beginning to end if you do all the extra you know battle simulator battles which we'll talk about a little bit later i guess because we are going to be talking about like the new summons and new materia because i was thinking like how are they going to have these new summon um battles and then i thought okay so there'll probably be like extra battle simulator battles that you would have to do to get these summons from so beginning to end if you do everything it'll probably be about 10 hours 
Mm. And I think that's generous. You know, I think that's, it's a good estimate. And I think for the money that you're going to be paying for it, I feel like it's, it's a good chunk of content. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And it's, it also depends on optional content. Like, as I mm -hmm. said, some VR battles yeah. that, that are new, maybe um, some optional side quest mm -hmm. at some point, which you can do optionally, or a side path, which leads to some cool treasure or something. Yeah. Just, just some, some stuff that's not within the main path. Just some, mm -hmm. some side stuff would be nice. I just thought of something. Do you think that we might get some, like a new mini game? That would be cool. I hope so. I post, uh, I, I post uh, the um, the notion of a uh, hand hand pump train car mini game. Okay. Um, I th I think I think that's how you call it. Like this, this uh, this this small uh, car they used in the Wild West to get from point A to point B. Oh, like this. The see this seesaw hand pump, which you can operate alone, or ideally two people just can pump, 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 mm. and then uh, ride along. Because I I saw this elevated uh, train track in the, yeah. in the distance, so I thought maybe Yuffie has to ride over this thing to get to Sector Seven faster, or maybe just this um, mine wagon, mine yeah. mine car or something. I don't know. What game is it that has that in it? This it's a really old game. It has like the is that oh oh I think that's Donkey Kong Country or something like that where you're in a mine and you have to get you have to like jump over these huge yeah that's holes a train on the mine it, uh, yeah this yeah. this this mine 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 carts and then you jump in in one and then it falls because there's yeah. a you have to jump to the next one or oh something my yeah. God. I love those games. We'll all have PTSD from this mini game because <laughs> we'll just all <laughs> flashbacks to like Donkey Kong oh Country boy. or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love those. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the next part of the article here, they do mention Sonen's design concept. So Nomura explains that Sonen is from Wutai and is working with Avalanche, which explains his military style appearance. So in order to differentiate Sonin's fighting style from Yuffie's ninja-like ways, Nomura decided to give Sonin a use of martial arts and a quarterstaff, which also led to his outfit design. So I like his character model. I think that he looks a little bit... He looks similar to Zack. Like I said this before, it looks like they kind of mm. took Zack's character model and just like edited his face <laughs> or something. His hair is spiky, kind of long-ish, not as long as Zack's. I personally would have liked them to go a little bit further. Just kind of go, just, just go for it. Add mm -hmm. some color. I don't know. I was just thinking some red, maybe a sigil mm. on, on the back or something, or more armor that looks more native to Wutai, some more equipment. I don't know. I th feel like right now it's hard to d distinguish him from some of the other NPCs. Like you're when you're watching the 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 cutscene, it's kind of like yes, he has a weapon, but it's like uh, like he's the color. It's just dark. Like it's more of a gray. Maybe that's the point. That's the point <laughs> that he doesn't um, doesn't draw attention to himself. Yeah, that's what I. That's other what people I said. know that he's yeah. from Wutai. Yeah. I just said that maybe they wanted him to blend in, and obviously they're yeah, undercover. So, and that's why also Yuffie I think is wearing her moogle um yes. cape or garb or whatever um which does make sense i guess kind of kind of but it also it it does make her stand out because like nobody yeah. else is wearing that so just for different reasons it might yeah. hide her face 
because she has a hood, but yeah, I don't know. And her Wu Tai uh, gear, Wu Tai attire with with the uh, um, I don't know this arm arm uh, yeah extension. How, how do you thing. call this 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 arm uh, protection thing? I don't know. Yeah, armlet. It, it, it arm, looks. I don't know. Yeah, it, it just looks like something foreign and maybe something unique to Wu Tai, and mm -hmm. people will know. Who know how how Utaians, Utaian ninjas and mm -hmm. shinobi look like? Yeah, so that's probably also why. Anyway, I feel like he's fine. I just feel like they could have just upped it a little bit more, I guess. But I mm -hmm. understand if they're undercover, it does fit with the story. But it does, yeah. Although you can make out a few details that kind of rem remind you of uh, the Wu Tai warriors for example the shoulder guards those yes, few plates yes. uh, the plated thing on the yeah. on his shoulders i feel like they could have made it red or something uh, there are kind of red red brown <laughs> yeah just to make yeah. it more like reminiscent of Wu Tai i guess like in the original when you go there like it's yellow it's yeah, yellow right. and red, i know what you, you mean know? Yeah, like it's right, more right. bright yeah. um yeah. colors true, true. but anyway yeah, I'm, my head scan is now it's it's for uh, laying low purposes for yeah. um yeah just to to not to not stick out mm -hmm. with a, with a neon sign hey hey I'm from yeah, Wu Tai <laughs> <laughs> hey guys <Yeah. laughs> it's me I'm your worst but enemy but I feel like yeah that's true that's true I was gonna say that I feel like Johnny has more mm. of a character yeah. <laughs> kind of thing like design than Sonan does like I just feel like true, true. They, yeah he has like pink hair or purple hair and you know I just it's kind of like out there but that's him as a character I guess but yeah, yes I don't know is, yeah. Sonan is more more um grounded and yeah. stands on both feet and c kind of the opposite of Yuffie that's also that's what true. they they talk, talked about. I'm not sure if it was in this interview or in the, in the other ones, or just in some uh, summary. I think it, the, the Gematsu article where they also um, revealed some background info and stuff. That they said that 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 Sonon is kind of a, a foil to Yuffie's uh, brash nature and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's that the, makes the sense. calm, grounded one, and Yuffie is just uh, the explosive, emotional one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they balance care about each other out. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's. I, I really hope that that Yuffie gets some sort of uh, mini character arc there. That that she maybe learns a little bit to rein it in, or maybe respect certain people more, or to lay low when needed, or just something, or maybe appreciate appreciate comrades more. Maybe if. If if someone actually dies or sacrifices himself uh, for her by protecting her, mm -hmm. that she, that she appreciates the ones that uh, do look out for her, and not just command them around and just do whatever Yuffie always does and be mean. And this could also then carry over to how she interacts with our group. Yeah, that uh, if if someone dies, maybe she doesn't want to get uh, too closely attached. To maybe maybe if someone of our group mm -hmm. dies, then she will she'll get hurt again, or maybe it will all change the interactions in general. That she's not as extreme as she is in this DLC. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, that's just uh, speculation.
Yeah, and then you did say on here that you think that he looks a little too Western. Oh, yeah, and not right, enough, right. like... It kind of... Maybe it's it's some... Some bias I have, I don't really know, <laughs> but it's, he doesn't really look like someone native to Wutai. So either he is not really native from there, but just grown, grown up there, not genetically from Wutai, Hmm. Or Wutines don't look as different as we think they are, which would also be cool because then we see, well, Wutines are not that different to us than we think they are. Mm -hmm. And some caricatures, like in South Park, the Canadians, uh, they oh. are completely drawn completely differently oh, and are actually so caricatures. It's so bad, yeah. <laughs> but that's in well, most of course of it's US funny, media. but it's, yeah. it's most, it is. Yeah, it's, true, it's, true. Everything, it's everything. It's like, that's not actually how Canadians are, but... Yeah, I don't really know. But nobody says anything, because we're all too nice, so, you know, you guys yeah, can laugh about true. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I thought about this because Shinra ups the uh, propaganda all the time, all the anti-Wutai propaganda, anti-Avalanche propaganda and mm -hmm. stuff, and then if we see them not really interacting yeah. any different than mid, uh, mid Guardians or people from other places of the world that they're yeah. not really that different maybe this is the point i don't know it's just a little bit of brainstorming here but yeah. just is if if i look at his face here on this article it just looks like uh not really typical but rather western not really asian inspired which wutai clearly is and mm -hmm. and yuffie does look asian inspired yeah of course a little bit more exaggerated kind of mm -hmm. like tifa it's not really a real human it's something between real and anime. Yeah. And so on is, does look like, more like a real person here. That's yeah. That's probably the jarring part, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm so just too. spitballing here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next part of the article. It says, no future DLC plans for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Moving on to the sequel. So Nomura states that originally the intent was to create a PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake and not necessarily DLC. However, due to the nature of the upgrade, the Yuffie sections were given the DLC label. So Viz, I see that you have some clear and concise jot notes here. So what do you think about no future DLC plans for Final Fantasy VII Remake? Well, good. <laughs> Just focus on the main game. Finish it ASAP and we're good. And then maybe think about uh, expanding on certain storylines or characters and stuff that you want. Mm -hmm. But if we get like one, two DLC in between, it, it will certainly push back the release dates, I'm sure. So yeah, they, they seem to know that as well. And Nomura said several times that he wants to get this out ASAP, even yeah. before uh, it came out or even before the PlayStation Experience trailer, or around that time the PlayStation Experience trailer uh, released in 2015, somewhere in there. He also said, uh, I think it was that then when they ex um, released or revealed the episodic format, he explicitly told us that uh, he also wants to bring us the parts or the individual games faster. And if they split it up, yeah. they get to us faster. In co contrast to one huge 200-hour game, which <laughs> takes like 10 years to develop or something like that. So yeah. So this is really his 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 vision, his his thinking that he wants to get this to the public or to the fans ASAP. But ASAP also means like maybe three instead of five years. 
because you know how normal is he's perfectionist he has yeah. a vision he wants uh, good quality and many details we saw this with kingdom hearts 3 which had so many different levels and worlds mm -hmm. and uh, elements and uh, mechanics and stuff it's it's really crazy so yeah. yeah it's kind of like me i also want to bring out or release individual videos much faster but i also don't want to compromise on quality so i i exactly. feel <laughs> yeah i think this is good like you said i think that you know they should be focusing on the next part now and I think they are. I think that they've come out and said yes. that they're on full production and development has started, I think, for quite some time now. So, Oh, for sure, yeah. I think that what probably happened was they got PS5 dev kits and they tested hardware. And since they knew that they would be upgrading to the PS5 with the visuals and all that stuff, that they probably thought, you know, let's test the system and see what it can mm. do and just develop this, you know, Yuffie DLC um, episode to help flesh her out as a character, add more story, mm -hmm. and something new, like a new experience for PS5 owners. And since they were going back to it anyway to upgrade everything, like, why not? You know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I like it. I think that it's great. And I'm happy that we are getting this version of the game and that we are getting the, the Yuffie DLC. And we're getting some extra story and, and we're, we're getting a bunch of stuff. Like, we're getting more, we're getting more materia, we're getting more summons, we're getting... You know, more story content, more battle, a different type of battle system as well, mm -hmm. more fleshed out. Like, it's a lot, and I'm happy that we're getting it. I think that, I don't, I don't know Same if it was here. Nomura or Kataze that said that at the end, like, they're not going to be doing any more DLC going forward until the entire project is complete. Yes. I think at the end of, once all the parts are out, potentially they could, but who knows what'll happen. Um you know, or how many parts it'll be. Who knows what'll happen at that time, but yeah. I I'm just happy that it's not like Final Fantasy fifteen with the, you know, oh, yeah. episode <laughs> Ignis and episode Noctis and episode, yeah. which didn't end up coming out, which they did have plans for, and all that was cancelled, obviously, after yeah. Tapata had left and everything, so I'm I'm okay with that. But this is kind of also gives more of, I guess, an incentive for people to buy the PS5 version of this game, you know, because yes, it sure, comes yeah. with this, the integrate comes with the UV DLC. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm sure it'll help sell, you know, copies of integrate as well, which is smart, you know, and they want to sell as many it copies is, yeah. as possible. So I also, I also have, have a feeling that they wanted to expand on, on the other avalanche uh, group mm -hmm. and UV anyway. But maybe yeah. weren't able to integrate it into this first base game and not into the second one either. So they opted to um, put it into a DLC. Yeah. Which then can also act as uh, as their testing grounds, as you said before, for a, a fully fledged PS5 title. Yeah. Not cross-platform, purely PS5. And also test the grounds with uh, so, uh, some new mechanics. Mm -hmm. To refine them so that the the second part of the, uh, the remake project then is really fleshed out and solidly tested before and then yeah. actually works. So yeah, I think sense, so yeah. too. And 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 I think that also including her in this in this story in in remake will help with her story in the next part. Yeah, and definitely. like you said, it could potentially be the introduction of her and the party and her stealing their stuff or because we were talking about this earlier um, on a previous episode. How are they going to do that? Like, you know, when yep. 
they leave Midgar and all their equipment gets stolen. And how are they going to do that? Are they going to like restart everything or it's not going to happen at all? Well, I think the potentiality of it happening is higher now because she is Mm -hmm. being introduced now. But maybe there's connections there between, you know, remake part two story and this DLC help bridge the gap, I guess, which also goes back to the name, the word integrate, because that's what is the meaning behind the word integrate, right? It's like bridging the gap. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. something that's in the interim. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it goes from point one to point B. It it evolves from point one to point B. It's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, Which I like. It's in the middle of the gradient, so to speak, Mm -hmm. intergrade. Yeah. All right, so on to the next part. Here, so Final Fantasy VII Remake streaming restrictions will be relaxed once Integrate releases. So the game's almost been out for a year, and I actually didn't even know that streaming restrictions were still in place. So that's that's pretty crazy that, you know, I guess parts of the game are restricted, like you can't uh, mm-hmm. stream them. I understand why, obviously, for spoilers and everything, but the game's almost been out for a year. It came out April 10th, right? So we're almost... Only a few more weeks, and it'll be a year mm-hmm. anniversary. So, um, I yeah. think it's it's good. I think that it's time that you know for that to be relaxed, and and streamers can just you know get on with what they do <laughs> best, which is stream these games, you know, and and to be able to see their reactions to these scenes and everything, and not having it restricted, you know. So, for sure, yeah, it it was was a pain. Uh, for people who didn't have a capture card to mm-hmm. stream or record or make screenshots of chapter 18. Right. And I think also the the visual entertainment hall presentation, the, the Cosmo Theater in, uh, in Shinra HQ, I think that one was also blocked. Okay. Not 100% sure, but something else was blocked, chapter 18 and something else. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad that they lifted, and finally lifted this restriction because, uh, in my opinion... It makes sense during the first month, maybe two, and yeah. then just remove the restrictions with yeah. an update. But they didn't want to ma- create an update anyway, which I think, when, when was the update released? At December or something? Or January? I don't remember when. It was so long after release when they yeah, it was. Uh, published their first update, which mm-hmm. didn't do much. Yeah. Other than maybe fix a few minor bugs, I think. Yeah. Nothing else. Not the door. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think there's still going to be streaming restrictions on the Yuffie DLC then? Or do you think that, no, it's just going to be fair game with everything? Because it says it's going to be relaxed once Integrate releases. So I guess they mean just the base game and not the Yuffie DLC, because that would kind of be weird. They're releasing the Yuffie DLC, but there's no restrictions on that. And that's new. You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. Anyway, they haven't specified. So I guess we'll find out. Just the base game has no restrictions anymore. That's how I understood it. But Integrate... I don't think there's uh, they go into integrate specifically. Yeah. All right, so on to the next part of the article here. We are talking about new materia and summons. So Nomura also quickly confirmed that the Yuffie episode will have some new materia and summons. So this, I think for me, has me the most excited about this. I'm happy they're giving us new materia. I, I was kind of thinking, like, do they mean new, new materia, or do they mean new as in existing materia that already exists, but what weren't included in the remake? Obviously, we did get some new materia. Well, it was it was kind of like a new take on a materia because we had traditional materia from the OG Final Fantasy VII that had new names that had similar abilities, 
but it kind of amalgamated a bunch of different things together. I'm I'm thinking like Magnify, you know, Prey obviously mm. was new and Chakra. But it could be both. It could be that it's existing ones that are new and then also they're creating like new, new ones with new abilities. And from the screenshots here that I'm looking at of Yuffie in battle, like it looks like she's got these orbs around her. So do you think that's like a special ability of her weapon or do you think that might be like a materia magic that she's casting or something? Uh, the orbs around this is just um, long-range chi attacks, like okay. her ninja ability when she's not holding her shuriken. Because oh, okay. you have this throw and retrieve triangle ability. If you throw, oh. the shuriken uh, flies towards the enemy, stays there. and Perfect. During that, she is uh, unarmed, but can then uh, use unarmed attacks, which seem to be magical. I'll get more into that in the, in the upcoming video, because mm -hmm. it's a bit more complicated than that. Um, and that's always, only when she uses the, this, uh, those uh, long-range chi attacks. Sonon can do those as well. And he also uh, receives those orbs around. Mm -hmm. So this is just an alternate way to attack. Not with okay. the weapon itself, but with, uh, with chi energy probably or ninjutsu uh, abilities stuff. Yeah. But it's just normal attack mm -hmm. and long-range. I don't know if we saw any use of materia in the trailer. Did you slow down the trailer nope. to be able to see in the menu if they actually choose any materia? I don't think they do. No materia. We see Yuffie use uh, an ability. Okay. Where we also see her jump into the air and then uh, create this this huge circle with uh, more of those glyphs it within. And it's, this really seems just to be a normal innate ability she can learn, weapon ability. Yeah, and then there's also something interesting. You see in in the the play 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 version, like the extended um, PS5 trailer, which also includes new integrate scenes. Yes, she uses as her last um, combo attack uses lightning, but it doesn't use up any ATB or any MP. Oh, okay, but that's that's uh, that's also a new mechanic. And I have also a little teaser. If she does that, and if you, the listener, are able to either slow down or pause during that when she uh, casts this lightning, check, check out her um, square uh, symbol right next to her name. It's not gray anymore. It has changed. And oh. this is why she can cast lightning without using any resources. Ooh. Just for those who want to check uh, before I, like I release my video. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think that I saw, I think it was her um, Limit Break. I think it's, do, yep. do they show her Limit Break? Bloodbath, right? In, in the first two frames of this scene, you see it's just disappeared the menu, yeah. You can read Bloodbath. Yeah. And then people were looking at the change, I guess, in the... Uh, RICB or whatever it's called for the rating and, and includes blood. So then people were oh, like, oh my right, gosh, we're yeah. getting blood. They added blood in that scene instead of a purple goo, we're getting blood. And <laughs> it could just be that, no. you know, the name of her ability is Bloodbath and it might show some red stuff, but... It does show blood uh, particles when she yeah. uh, does her final attack. Yeah, like that's this, probably this, what it um, is. Yeah. 
it just show blood. It's probably not really the blood from the enemy, but more like blood effect because it's called bloodbath. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that would make sense. So yeah, so I'm super excited about this. And also they do say summons, you know, which mm -hmm. is implied that there will be more than one because it's plural. So I'm super excited about that. I don't know how many you think we might get. I think we might get three, two, two or three. I don't know. Two, I think that two, two one is a good for each amount. chapter. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's a good amount. Hmm. I just wrote here, I think it would be cool if, if we did an episode, maybe next episode, where we go more in-depth about the summons that aren't being used and which ones we might think that might be included. And I know that you've made a list here, actually, but maybe we can go more in-depth on the next episode about this. I think that'd be super interesting as well. Like, which summons we want and which ones we think uh, might be in it. But, yeah. Uh, we, we can do that and also include the next part uh, yeah. or which summons uh, we think are included in which uh, future part. Yeah, that would and be we cool. And we can expand upon those things, <laughs> just general uh, general gameplay material, summon uh, predictions for f future parts and integrate. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So uh, what do you have? You have written here the remaining summons. So did you want to go through those and then I guess give your own opinion about? Yeah, I can just uh, quickly run through. Just for reference, uh, the following summons we haven't seen yet that are in the original game are Ramu, Titan, Odin, Kujata, Alexander, Phoenix, Neo Bahamut, uh, Hades, Typhoon, Bahamut Zero, and Knights of the Round. And I'm pretty sure we won't get any of the uh, the greater ones, the, yeah. the badass ones, the, the crazy ones. Yeah, I think so, so too. Ramu and Titan are a good bet. Yeah. Maybe Typhoon. I also posted this on the stream yesterday that might maybe it's Typhoon because of the wind and so on seems mm -hmm. to be wind-related, so maybe uh, makes it makes sense. Um, but Ramu and Titan are next on the list. And Titan does have an element we haven't seen in the remake yet, Earth. Mm, it's only uh, wind, lightning, fire, and ice. Ah. So this could also include the Earth materia, magic materia which would be also new. So we get the new element within this, the, uh, the DLC, which is then also new again in the next game, kind of. I, I kind of like that. But Ramu is pretty good bet, because Lightning, we already have this element, and he was absent, and it would be really nice against um, machines, mechanical enemies. So yeah, I'm hoping for, for those. And the other ones, like Odin, Kachato, Alexander, and all the others should come much later because they are much more yeah. significant and more powerful. Phoenix kind of has this connection to Fort Condor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think we can put our bets on Ramu, Titan, and maybe Typhoon. Because this was just uh, this, this, this random optional summon yeah. you could find in the ancient forest which was also uh very obscure <laughs> in terms yeah. of location and content yeah so i yeah. love the music from that area though i love it it's really cool yeah it's it so is. good but yeah i totally agree i think that typhoon is a good bet i think just based on the fact that like you said um sonin has some kind of like affinity towards you know wind 
Mm-hmm. I think that's that's um I don't know. Anyway, who knows? But I think I think you're onto something here for sure. Let's hope so. And then you did state that also you think we're gonna get new yellow or purple materia and not necessarily like um green materia. Yeah, because Sonon has two purple materia, independent ones, and Yuffie has all three magic mm-hmm. um command and independent. So could be that they are initially equipped with completely new materia, either new to the whole series or whole compilation, or something that uh, that was exclusive to Crisis Core, for example, or just uh, one from the OG. Because Crisis Core also had a few. I don't yes. quite remember which ones, but it, it had uh, new materia there as well. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm excited about this. I think this is the yes. thing I'm most excited for. I'm excited for I'm excited for the story, obviously, but I just the battle system for me is so much fun. I just I'm oh, so is. stoked just to go back to this world and experience it again and this new story, but with this expanded battle system, the team up attacks and the new material, everything. Especially just, the team up attacks. Yeah, I'm so stoked for those. It's gonna be amazing. I'm really excited about that. Just imagine Tifa and Cloud doing a team-up attack and Aerith and Cloud or Aerith and Tifa, Barrett and Cloud and exactly. maybe three of them. Why and Aerith not? Aerith and Dread. <laughs> so many co- possibilities. Like in Chrono Trigger, this, this was also exactly. really nice. Come on. Persona 5. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Square Enix. Let's go. That's like a really great part of the battle system in Persona 5. So let's, let's put that in. Yep. Yeah. All right, so moving on here, the next part of the article talks a little bit about the first soldier. So why make a Final Fantasy VII uh, Battle Royale game? So Famitsu's interviewer asked a question that perhaps a number of us were wondering. The first soldier is a surprising announcement of a Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale game. And what sort of audience is Nomura targeting with its announcement? So he said that an observant point is fan demographics for this long-running IP. And I totally understand this aspect of the creation of this game. So we're talking about, you know, what's super popular right now. It is, you know, Fortnite and other larger uh, scale Battle Royale games. What's super popular as well is mobile games. Mm -hmm. You know, especially in Japan and Asia. Yes. Huge, huge moneymakers, and they're hugely popular. I mean, look at Genshin Impact or Genshin Impact, whatever you want to call it. You know what? No hate. Just appreciate. GIF, GIF. But I call it Genshin <laughs> Impact. Anyways, so look at the success of that game, right? I mean, come on. It's, I think that it's a great idea. Why not? I just hope that it's good. You know, I want it to be good. I don't want them making things that are trash just to cash in. I just hope that it's good. Same. You know, and I, I don't care. I don't care that I don't care that it's a mobile game, really. I think that there's a market there. And I think it's gonna attract new players to this game and hopefully bring us, you know, more seasoned players that know about the OG that have been with the series for years into this new, I guess, area of gaming as well. Like for me, I never use my phone for video games. I never do, Same. but I feel like I'm going to use it more now because of the fact that this is coming out. I'm going to try it. And if it's good, then I'll 
you know, continue to play it probably casually. Like I said, I bought into that Final Fantasy 15 mobile game and that unfortunately it wasn't that great and I did put money into it, but it wasn't it wasn't very good. And I knew that like I was never going to get where I wanted to get with that game. I would have had to pay so much money. Yeah. I just hope it's not like that, you know? I just hope that it's I think it'll be good. I have I'm positive. I'm positive. And I don't fault them for doing this because you know what? More money in their pockets is more developmental uh, money to bring mm-hmm. us more Final Fantasies in the future. For sure. 16 and more spinoff potentiality there and on PS5 and other, uh, other platforms. So, yeah. Especially since Avengers didn't do so well. Yeah. <laughs> they lost exactly. a lot of money on that. Even did uh, it... Uh, the earnings they made on mm-hmm. the remake didn't recuperate their cost as which is far so as sad it's, it's it really is, yeah. sad but it was kind of their first foray into that type of game though you know what I mean like because they, they wanted it to be more they wanted it to be more like a subscription based didn't they like yeah, they wanted game it game as a service yeah yeah like they, they kind of but they didn't go all the way I feel that was the problem like they didn't go as far as they could have like i feel like they should have just went there for it and apparently the story content is pretty good and the gameplay i played the demo i liked what i played Mm -hmm. but i'm not really big into superhero type of stuff you know it's not really my like it used to be when i was younger and now i've just kind of grown out of it you know and i i enjoyed it for what it was when i played the i think i played the beta or the demo but it's just not for me, you know? But I feel like they could yeah, have went same. even further. And if they did have it like a Battle Royale kind of thing, like a subscription service kind of, I don't know, but just more like, I guess, Fortnite or something. I don't know. But you're not going to capture that popular as like the popularity of Fortnite. You're just not going to, you're not going to no, get it. because it's, <laughs> it's like the first, it's not the first, but it's just, you're, it's just not, it's just so big now that it's just impossible, I feel. but. Anyway, yeah, I I think the main main point of this is, as you said, money to make to create something that makes the money to support uh, some more developments in the Final Fantasy space. And mm-hmm. Battle Royale is the hot stake right now. Yeah, everyone wants it, or a lot of people want to play this. Some. Sometimes I, I've heard of people who start to get sick of, oh, not another Battle Royale. Oh, I, yeah. Not another one. But it's still something that people like and it's, it makes for, for short and, and cool bursts of uh, spending time playing games. Exactly. And since it's, uh, it's an, a game that is widely accessible in the Final Fantasy VII universe, mm-hmm. people who play this who are not preview or uh, knowledgeable about Final Fantasy might think, oh, this, this Ifrit thing looks cool. Oh, this, this Guard Scorpion is a re- really nice uh, mm-hmm. enemy and stuff. And, and the, uh, the surroundings and this, this Midgar city in the background looks really cool and this church and stuff. Wh- where is this from? What's Final Fantasy VII? Then maybe do some research and maybe are interested in also this kind of game. It's, in the end, it's, uh, it's an action RPG, even if it's more lean or more goes towards turn-based uh, tactics with a slowdown at the menus, but still, 
it's AAA. It's also accessible and has a great story, has good um, yeah. reviews and score. So they probably are able to capture more a uh, bigger audience with that. That's at least their goal. If they succeed, yeah, we'll have to see. But I can I can see that being uh, being one goal they could achieve at least to some extent. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Maximilian Dude uh, had has this theory that they were working on a battle royale game anyway, and then they thought, hmm, how do oh. we make this popular? Oh, let's just slap Final Fantasy VII remake on it and oh, call really? it a day. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. And it's it's possible that that, that was part of the plan at least in uh, in the the upper department of Square Enix, those who yeah uh, make sure that the money flows. Um. Yeah, but I'm I'm not really upset. I was cringing hard when they announced it, but in the end, it kind of does make sense. And if they really create an enjoyable experience, even if I personally won't play it, but others who are interested in this, if they are happy to play this, mm -hmm. and this PVE -P PVEVP uh, system will work out well because it they already talked about uh, that you can um, kill enemies and other other things and level up and get better and then use this additional experience to then um, fare better against other players mm -hmm. could be pretty interesting i think in fortnite is to build a base while this whole battle royale, royale thing is going on and being smart about it and quick about it to yeah. um, get some more advantages and here it could just be a that's the same, not base building, but more like um, running like around and getting something. more experience, find items and equipment and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think that it has potential to be really good. And I think there are people going to like this. There's always people who like it anyway, even if the mass yeah, majority sure. doesn't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think that um, I, I just hope that it's, that it's good. And I yeah. don't see them... I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, honestly, I if it makes them a ton of money, I just feel like it'll be funneled into more Final Fantasy projects. I hope anyway. Yeah, same. And more Final Fantasy is good and I'm I'm into it. So Yep. All right, so the first soldier does have a job system apparently. So you did write some notes here about that viz. So did you want to go a little bit more in depth about that? A little bit more because there's not much <laughs> info about that and I'm yeah. not too uh, privy to Battle Royale games. But what mm -hmm. I could understand is that apparently you choose your job or as it's called here, style for each battle. So if you jump into a round of uh, Battle Royale, yeah. you choose a job and then you have this job locked in and then just battle it out until you survive or die or something and you can ch choose a new each round i suppose mm -hmm. but apparently if you keep using the same style it also will have some advantages so i could see that if you keep using the same one you get maybe some more multipliers more exp and get proficient much faster or uh, earn new mm -hmm. abilities that you can only earn if you um play 10 times consecutively with this uh style for example or maybe some stat, temporary stat boost if you used, let's say, the gunner before and right. use it again. You have a slight stat boost or something because that you just 
have been training with this, you're warmed up or something like that, I can see that. So that is that uh, there's an incentive to keep the same, but also to switch it up because in certain situations, other styles make more sense, mm -hmm. maybe in uh, depending on your team, because you can be into a team of three also. So it, uh, it really depends, I guess. And I, I really hope they have thought this system through, that it actually works, and that it's yeah. fun, and brings uh, advantages and disadvantages depending on the situation that you have to think about what to choose. Mm. Stay with the same or, or switch it up. And yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to, to find this out in... Yeah. Our next segment, the beta testing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's super cool that they're going to include this job or style system for each battle. I like anything that, you know, where you have a role you play, whether you're like a damage or a tank or um, yep. a support. And I hope those roles are expanded on if they have those, you know, I think that it's just not thrown in there and... Because something like that is really hard to balance. So I just I'm 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 scared that they're not gonna like take the time to be able to actually go in and make sure that it's everything is fair and balanced properly. You know what I mean? Mm. Or like a certain DPS hero is super um overpowered and then they don't go into it and and patch it or update it to balance it out more because yeah. stuff like that takes a long time. And I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you know, Overwatch and dota like every time they introduce a new hero even like it, it changes up the meta and it's super hard to be able to yeah, for sure balance something like this so anyway i think it'll be super interesting to find out more information and hopefully to try this like you said the next part here is the beta testing is hopefully going to be starting up soon i'm going to sign up if possible if it's an open beta um i want to try it i'm intrigued to try it do we know that this is going to, is this going to be a paid game or is this going to be free to play with gotcha mechanics or do we know? I don't, I don't know think they, they mentioned this. No, Not about the first soldier, but they did mention it in Ever Crisis, which we're going to talk, yeah, exactly. talk about in a second. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I want to try it in the beta to see how it is. And if you have to buy it, I think it'll be a determining factor for me. It depends on how much it is, mm. you know? For sure. But does, does it say if it's an open or closed beta? I think I've read something about this somewhere. I'm but not sure. I don't remember if it was here. It might be closed beta, at least first. I think it might be a closed beta. For sure, it will start out, start out with a closed beta yeah. and maybe then go into an open beta. But there's, there are no further uh, information yeah. about this. So we'd have to wait for further announcements. Yeah. All right, so moving on here, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. So it says here in the article that story chapters are free to play, but the game will feature gacha mechanics for obtaining weapons. So here's what Nomura says. So he says, you will be able to play chapters released for free. The monetized element is basically loot boxes containing random weapons. Some of the special weapons also come as a set that includes new costumes that were not in the original games adding a new way to enjoy the story so that you won't have seen it before. All right, Viz, so <laughs> I know mm. that we talked on our last episode, you were pretty much against the gacha mechanics. Yeah. You were like, oh, I don't want gacha, I just want to pay for it. Um, and now it's come out, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you about your thoughts on that. So 
I just, I thought about you when, immediately when I read this, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just had to, right? <laughs> no, but I think there is a way they can be smart about it to mm-hmm. lure in players who are willing to pay, but not alienate people who don't want to play, exactly. pay and just play the game. Yeah. And I really hope they don't lock away necessary weapons or known weapons, like from the original game, or uh, even weapons that kind of... Like, let's say, if only the, the cheap weapons, which are really weak, are free, yeah. and the other ones you have to get through this uh, loot box gacha system that you have it more easy, or have it easier. Yeah. Then I um. I don't really know if I, if I then want to keep playing. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But if sense. it's just some additional weapons, like some 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 new designs, ones that work beside the other weapons, may have some advantages, but d- don't either completely break the game or um, are so powerful that the game is balanced towards the loot box yeah. weapons. Um, yeah, I, I really hope they figure this out. That it's that it's well balanced, and those who don't want to pay still have an enjoyable experience, or can at least um, buy them with uh, in-game gill, just high yes. price, for example, or just buy them directly for maybe f- five dollars or something. Buy a mm-hmm. pack of weapons with with a, a costume for Cloud, and that's good. But on the other hand, if you can just directly buy it, most most people won't um, spin the wheels. Yeah, the gotcha wheels. So probably not. It would it would really undermine the money making machine. Yeah. So maybe maybe there will be some some events or something or some some uh, weekly challenges where you can win those things without paying. Yeah, that would, would be also cool be too. the case because then it will also incentivize people to continuously play and go through those uh, separate. Um, challenges and boss battles. I I think you have uh, we have a segment on this later here. Yeah, yeah. I I I just hope they don't screw this up and uh, get too greedy. I agree. Yeah. So he he does say that you'll be able to play the chapters released for free, which I love. I love the fact that there's mm-hmm. not really a barrier to entry here for anybody. So you just download it. You get the chapters. You can play through with the base you know, equipment or the base um, characters that are included. I think that that's great. Mm -hmm. I think that it has the potential to be really good, you know, and to be exciting. The fact that, you know, you get these loot boxes containing random weapons and potentially getting special weapons, maybe legendary weapons or something like that, new costumes and all that stuff. I hope that they do have in-game currency, like you said. So maybe... As you level up, you get extra gill, or after you defeat the enemies, if you defeat them a certain way, or maybe faster, or you don't get take any damage or something, you know what I mean? You get like drops, and then you might get bonus gill, and then you can use that to buy loot boxes. I don't think it's going to be like a store that has weapons. I think it's going to be all loot boxes. So you'll be able to, okay, so it's 100 gill for a loot box. Okay, so I got 200 gill. I'll get two loot boxes with the in-game currency. Or you can buy a bundle of ten for a discount, you know, at four ninety nine instead of seven ninety nine or something like that. But I think it's going to be randomized. I don't think they're going to have yeah. a shop 
that where you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy, you know, the most expensive weapon that's that's super overpowered right away. I just don't yeah, see them doing that. Definitely. I, I feel like it's going to be loot boxes for a set cost, bundles of loot boxes. Like you said, probably promos where there's a discount on loot boxes or you get a bonus experience or bonus skill during this time when you play the game on this day or between these hours. And then you could also hopefully use in-game currency to buy these yeah. loot boxes. Or maybe when you level up, you get a free loot box. Like in yeah, Overwatch, exactly. your profile, like you level up your profile, you know, so you get a free loot box every time you level it up and you need, I think, oh, that's a nice. thousand experience. So you don't need to buy loot boxes if you don't want to. But Overwatch, they don't give any stat bonuses. It's just cosmetics. You know, it's mm. just cosmetics, which is good because you're not changing the gameplay, the yeah. gameplay, which is like it, it feels bad when you're playing a game and somebody else has spent a hundred dollars on these, you know, paywalled um, weapons yeah. and items where it's just not a, it's not fun because you just die immediately when you spawn yeah, into exactly. this game. Kind of like that was how it was with um, Star Wars Battlefront, actually, like. It was, oh, it was right. so yeah. demotivating because you would spawn in, you could play with the base weapons and unlock, but it took so much time to unlock those. Mm. And then other people had already been playing the game for so long, or they spent so much money that they already had the most powerful weapons. So like I would just load in and then I'd literally get headshot like right away <sighs> and die. And then yeah, I quit sucks. playing it. I quit playing it because it was just, it was not fun. And I was not going to yeah, spend money. Nice, yeah. Even if I spent money, I would never catch up to those other people, you know? Like, it was just a losing uh, proposition, so... Yeah, it's pay to win. Yeah. And I just, I hope it's not like that. And I, mm. I think I'm okay with it being, like, gotcha. I, I'm okay with it. I like that it's free, so you can actually experience it beginning to end without spending any money. I like yeah. that. I just, I hope that it's not, like, the difficulty level of the enemies as you progress get so high that you can't progress without buying loot mm. boxes yeah exactly i don't i don't know i also hope that it's not just like with a level up that you gain uh, get free loot boxes maybe also when you defeat the boss or yeah. rarely in the field when you open a chest maybe there's a loot box in there just yeah. to incentivize people to keep playing to beat bosses to do those challenges to um, explore everything, but not to the to the amount that it can replace buying those loot boxes. Just just uh, kind of the, the cherry on top a little bit yeah. to to bait you into buy more. Yeah, I totally Because then agree. you can still this you can still still decide to not buy buy anything. Of course, if you're um, mm -hmm. a gambling addict, it will be hard. And this is of course, a system I don't really like, especially for those people who can't resist. On the other hand, people who can resist can just play the game and still be happy and uh, mm -hmm. don't, don't really care about playing it a bit more and repeating certain missions more or just explore more to get to the same result. As, as, soon as, as long as the balancing is okay, as, as long as the gameplay is fun, and it feels fair. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think the likelihood of that happening is higher because this isn't like an online game, like a competition game. It's just a story experience, you know, beginning to end with the OG and all the games in the compilation. So it's like, you know, you will be able to progress through it without buying any loot. And if you want, mm. the option's there. And I think it'll enrich the experience. But I just don't, 
I just don't see it being as bad as other mobile games that have yeah. gotcha mechanics where it's literally pay to win. I just don't see it being like that. And I'm mm. maybe I'll be wrong when it comes out. Maybe I'll be absolutely wrong. But oh, for sure, we don't, don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I hope not. I just hope the costumes are not uh, like especially hard to get or mm -hmm. um, exorbitantly. Um, expensive to to get because i i like my my alternate costumes they're pretty cool yeah yeah i agree and and if i like the game i might drop a few a few dollars euros swiss francs whatever <laughs> uh to to maybe get some yeah to support the developers because it's free otherwise exactly so this is not this is not bad to support them in with uh, how, however much money you want yeah, I just hope that I don't forget about how much I already spent, to, so that I end up with like two, three hundred dollars or something. <laughs> this would be not good. But I'm usually pretty restrained. I I agree with you. And if but if this is the only game that you play and you want to support it and that's it, go for it. You know what for I mean? Sure, like yeah. my friend, the only game that he plays is literally Dota, mm -hmm. and they have Arcanas and all of these you know, crazy sets that are just cosmetic that, but it changes their ability animations, mm. how they look, you know, how they move, how they cast their it's abilities. It's like prestige, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and there, some of those items are 50 bucks. But oh. if that's the only game that he plays, he wants to support that's the developers. Fine. It's like, whatever, that's the only game you play. Even it's like, if you have the money, then go for it, you know? Like, why yeah, sure. not? You support the developers. I'm all for it. Yeah. Like, I'm and definitely going to spend money on this. Like, who am I to talk? I'm probably going to spend <laughs> up to way too much money for on sure, this. Yeah. For sure, yeah. But, and it's Final Fantasy VII, so I'm, I'm yeah. into it. Like, I want to, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And there are some people that just keep buying games and not even finish them or forget about them, mm -hmm. like Humble Bundles and... Uh, uh, games on sale and the PSN or Xbox Live and yeah. wherever and just buy games, buy games, play them sometimes a little bit, sometimes fully, sometimes half halfway through, sometimes as I said, they forget about they even have it. Yeah. And that's also money that's that's being thrown out of the window, uh, quote unquote, because they don't actually use all of the value they get. Yeah. So if you don't pay for much game many games and there are only a few games you play but they're free or uh, just cheap and you support developers with uh, dropping like uh, 50 bucks a month or something for loot boxes, go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. There are even whales that, that uh, pay like uh, $1,000 a month and they have the money as they long do. as they, they don't, um, don't bankrupt their, themselves exactly. and are happy with that. Sure, go ahead. A lot of people are apprehensive though because I feel like they're thinking, oh, well, it's Square Enix. They're cashing in. They're yeah i understand you know what yeah. this is the nature of the gaming industry like it's been like this yeah. for a while and it's going to continue to be like this i just don't yeah because it's profitable yeah and i think that it's great you know what they're taking advantage of that and it's more money for final fantasy games and i'm all for that and i i'm happy to support square enix and you know if it's bad it's bad i'm not going to hold back i'm going to be you know critiquing it and giving For my sure. opinion but my opinion is my opinion other people will love this yep. game it doesn't matter you know um if i don't if i don't like it maybe i resonate with somebody else's opinion but other people might love it and that's totally fine too if this is your mm -hmm. type of thing definitely yeah i'm i'm 
any like Final Fantasy VII content, I just I, I can't wait to play these, and I'm I'm super into it. I guess we'll see how it goes, but yeah. Yep, definitely. So Nomura goes on to explain that the original Final Fantasy VII storyline will take up to around ten chapters. Um, so he does say that it should give you an idea about how much the other titles will uncover as well. So within the original Final Fantasy VII story, the team will escape from Midgar in Chapter Three. So this is super interesting for me. I, I don't know where, but I, I feel like somebody had said, somebody on Twitter, I think, had said that um, they're starting with the original Final Fantasy VII OG storyline with this game as like the first episode, like the first chapter that's oh, coming for out sure. for Ever Crisis yeah. is going to be from FF7 OG, but I don't think any, there's no official statement that says anything like that. So I was thinking, well, it could potentially start right at the beginning, you know, but I don't know. Anyways, there was like a Max Dude video that was posted that apparently Max had discovered like evidence that part two is like coming out sooner than what is oh, expected I think I saw because that, yeah. he says, mm-hmm. well, if we live, Mi- we live, we leave Midgar in chapter three and then that the first chapter comes out in june and he's like calculating this thing Mm -hmm. and figuring out oh well we're gonna see parts of part two in this mobile game like assets that could potentially be used in part two i just don't see them doing that i don't see them giving us assets for part two in a mobile game like i just don't see them doing that and then my thought process was well who's to say that they're even going to start with the final fantasy 7 og storyline you know, like before crisis happens before and we never got that. So they could they could start right at the beginning and go chronologically or mm-hmm. they could start with Final Fantasy 7 OG storyline, but they go up to a certain part of that story. And then it's yep. kind of like. That story in itself freezes and then mm-hmm. we get before crisis chapter one. Like maybe mm-hmm. it goes up to the escape from Midgar and then there's something that happens where they'll take a break from the original story and then show us either a flashback or something where the history of what they're talking about has happened in a previous compilation game. And then the next three chapters is from, you know, before Crisis or Crisis Core or something else. Like I, As or, in children even. Yeah. Like I just don't see... I just don't see them giving all of Final Fantasy VII OG right up front and I'm, giving I'm us certain they won't, yeah. assets from part two in a mobile game. I don't, yeah. I just don't see that. As, especially since um, the battles, the battle uh, models are pretty much the same as in the remake. Maybe not as high fidelity, but mm-hmm. in general, they are the same. So if we leave Midgar and then meet Yuffie or even enter a town well no the town not really because uh, outside it's mm-hmm. it's still much closer to the original like in terms of scale but it's more like about the battle models Yuffie we already have so they could potentially go up to the gold saucer when we get mm-hmm. Kate Sith and stop before the gold saucer yeah without giving away anything but even then they're showing us parts outside of Midgar which we oh, haven't for sure, seen yeah. yet in remake so the original game also is still there to play on the ps4 and ps5 for mm-hmm. that matter so yeah. people could also just play this and uh know what's going on but that's i don't think that's a problem because 
not everything will play out the same. Yeah. Even if we st if we follow the uh, similar path, it still won't play out exactly the same, and so certain details will change and be expanded upon or something. So it's perfectly fine to show us the events, but I'm I'm just a bit um, like Max Maxud said with the assets in battle. If we get the Kate Sith asset first before part two drops in the mobile title, then it. I'm not sure how I should feel about that because then it's a character reveal how it how he looks and sort yeah. of plays and moves in battle, without the main game being introduced or being um, released. So I'm rather leaning towards the idea of switching between the games, like mm -hmm. releasing one or two or even three chapters of I OG, agree. then maybe one or two from Crisis Core, from Before Crisis, Advent Children too, because Advent Children, those events will most likely not happen anymore in mm -hmm. the new timeline. That's why they can also bring out the full of uh, the, the entirety of Dirty Cerberus. So they have a lot to work with. Yes. Before they uh, have to go into spoiler territory in terms of assets for the battle models. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's what's going to happen. Like, we're going to start probably with Final Fantasy VII OG go up to the escape of Midgar, or we go, go to a certain part of that story where they stop. And then the next chapter is if they're referencing something that they're talking about in that in at that time, then it's going to be shown in before crisis and then it'll go or like you mm. said, crisis core. You know what I mean? Like potentially yep. if they're talking about Zach even and then it's like freezing and then we are, you know, playing crisis core, <laughs> you know, like the first <laughs> few chapters of of that game or something i'm not sure mm. like how it'll eventually work out but i just don't see them giving us the entire final fantasy 7 og up front and showing us assets from part two in a mobile game i just don't see it and i don't think that predicts that part two is coming out in 2022 i just don't i don't think so nah for a first quarter of 2023 the the earliest yeah yeah, like which around is what three we've been years before, uh, after the, the first game, yeah. Because uh, Ever Crisis comes out in 2022, right? Yeah, but we don't know in which month. It could, it could start in December, for all we know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. still up in the air. What I also just thought about is in uh, Crisis Core and before Crisis, we see that Cloud is just a mere infantryman and didn't make it into soldier. So, yeah. I... I think those chapters will only release after we get the chapters um, from the original game, after Cloud emerges from the live stream and regains his full memories okay. back. Hmm. Like, only afterwards will, will we get the chapters where we see Cloud in Before Crisis and Crisis Core. Because otherwise, okay. it will just spoil it for those who have played the original and just want to play uh, ever crisis to know things i'm i hope they they stay sens uh, sensible or sensitive to that to, to yeah. keep this in mind that those games don't spoil each other yeah i'm sure they will i i yeah. like that idea i i like this like what we've talked about i think that it makes sense and i think that it'll keep everything fresh as well where yeah people will be experiencing these stories in a different order, <laughs> you know? So it's like not essentially the same as what they experienced when they played all of these games 
Yeah, exactly. When they first came out, like years and years ago, it's going to be a new experience. I just feel like it's going to be interspersed in between. Mm. I just don't see them yes. giving us the whole game up front in chapters. Okay, so now mm. you're done Final Fantasy VII OG. Now you're going to go. Now it's all the chapters from Crisis Core. No, Boom, I don't think go. so. <laughs> yeah. This would be kind of strange and forced, in my opinion. That's why I was thinking they could go in chronological order. Like they could start with Before Crisis even. But then I feel like it would be hard to give context where people who are new to this series might not even know yeah. who, you know what I mean? Like, who are these people, mm. you know? Because you find out who the Turks are from playing yeah, yeah. the original Final Fantasy VII. So you probably wouldn't have as much context. You'd probably be more lost and everything. But mm. anyway. That's why I think they really need to start with the first three chapters from yeah. the original to give context, to introduce those characters, how mm -hmm. it actually started back then in 1997. <laughs> because otherwise it will start off weird you get to int get introduced to concepts there that, yeah. that you need kind of a basic knowledge that's of. true so yeah mm -hmm. i also think i i hope they release it chronologically within a certain game like actually start with uh the first chapter of right. their cerberus the first chapter of advent children yeah. but they could could also completely make it Cro uh, chronological uh, a complete chronological chaos like <laughs> start in the middle of uh, before crisis and uh, ch let's say they release a chapter where uh, about Aerith in before crisis then a chapter with second Aerith in crisis core after we um, meet Aerith in the OG like that's three chapters release at the same time it's where Cloud meets Aerith oh. in OG where Zack meets Aerith in Crisis Core, okay. where the player Turk meets uh, Aerith in Before Crisis, for example. Kind of like an Aerith pack, a Tifa pack. Uh, I don't know. It's probably will be a bit more difficult logistically and uh, story-wise, but uh, it's mm. also something they could do to kind of give more context to the character, what happened to this, this character in the past as well, or... Mm. What that, how is this uh, character doing in the future, for example, like in, in Advent Children or something? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just hope they, they release, they, they create a release schedule that makes sense story-wise, like storytelling-wise, even if it's uh, achronological or how do you, what's, what's the, um, the opposite of chronological? Achronological? I don't know. Just the, 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 uh, the inverse. No like, <laughs> like just it's just everything interspersed and uh, however they want to call it. They want to want to do it. It works. It it works in uh, in certain stories. For example, I I personally think that Beyond Two Souls worked the way it uh, mm -hmm. it was presented in the first playthrough. But other people want everything chronologically. So who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah, but then the another aspect of this as well is that there's probably a pool of unlocked characters, right? So how, how would they have like the story, let's say, like you're experiencing it in a different order with these characters that are mm -hmm. like in, in like the narrative context, like it's showing them in cutscenes or talking blah, blah, blah. And then you're not using them in battle. Like because you've unlocked, let's say Tifa and Barrett and you, you that's who you want to use. Like I, I just don't know how that's gonna work. Like that's that depends. That depends if story-related battles 
uh, are unlocked for any character or not because uh, as they they talk about i think here as well uh, yeah, they a do. bit later that they that you can choose which whom you play as but only in uh special battles and challenges and dungeons oh, not really in the story okay. it's it sounded to me that in the story themselves in the chapters it's locked oh okay but outside of sense. that we have uh, you can just choose which uh battles okay. to 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 perform like Maybe like it's that. it's a boss gauntlet of the original, like mm -hmm. a Midgar boss gauntlet challenge or something. And then you go through it and can choose Zack and Genesis and mm -hmm. Kadaj to go crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, just some random stuff. Yeah. Well, and probably not Kadaj and Genesis because those are enemies. But yeah. you know what you mean. What I mean, just yes. characters we've already unlocked in the main story. We can use for those challenge runs. Be, mm -hmm. the, be them, be the, uh, be it uh, dungeons or boss gauntlets or something. Yeah, that this could also then tie into daily challenges, so weekly challenges and new challenges, new dungeons that uh, get released with a new chapter pack and stuff. Yeah, could be pretty interesting. Yeah. All right, so they do go on to say that all new stories will be told inside Ever Crisis. So I'm assuming that this is referring to the, also the extra story content that's going to be in The First Soldier for people yeah. who, um, I guess, don't pick that game up or they didn't experience it. They're not going to miss out on any of the story content that's going to be given there. They're going to put it in Ever Crisis. And this could be referring to more uh, new stories that, you know, are new that weren't in the original mm. of any of these games that will be added to Ever Crisis. So I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. Definitely. Yeah, and Nomura even said, uh, tells about this here. Uh, the first soldier takes place around 30 years before the Final Fantasy VII main story and goes into the founding of Soldier. So, so it goes without saying that you will see some of the legendary heroes in mm -hmm. their younger days, as well as a younger versions of the future Shinra executives and other characters who will appear in the Final mm. Fantasy VII Remake sequels. I think that it will really add depth to some of the characters who we don't we do not have room to show fully in the main games. So, backstory of Reef, Scarlet, Heidegger, Palmer, maybe, senior mm -hmm. executives, maybe even some some of the Turks, how they joined Turks in Before Crisis, like additional um, additional stories. Because in Before Crisis, Reno and Root are already there, part yeah. of the Turks. So maybe we get some more stories for them, uh, even further in, into the past. Mm -hmm. um, some other obscure characters like Elfane Veld from Before Crisis or maybe yeah. something about uh, those we've met in the remake already but are not part of the original game like Leslie and uh, Kyrie which mm -hmm. are uh, drawn from a novel maybe some of uh, more of, of those how they were in the past some small part in one of the chapters I don't know it's... possibilities are endless Hugenhagen flashback. <laughs> yes. And he was a, a, a wee little lad learning about planetology and writing his books. I, I love it. <laughs> or Seto. Yes, please give us all of that. Yeah. Backstory please. of Seto, how he, uh, he and, uh, and his wife um, managed to push back against uh, Let's the G or G tribe. I want Zangen. Yeah. I want Zangen content. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Zangen. Yeah. <laughs> Now you made my mouth water for this game. I really want to know what all those characters were doing in the past. Yeah. 
All right, and then they go on to state the reason why Aerith is shown battling the guard scorpion in the trailer. So I know that obviously the Final Fantasy VII demo way back mm-hmm. when did have Aerith as a playable character, like before she shows up in the original mm-hmm. game. And um, this was to show, I guess, that there are like unlockable characters, right? In the. Yeah. Um, yeah the boss battles or like you had said there's a specific mode where they have unlockable characters where you can actually unlock Aerith and use her in the battle like way before she shows up in the story essentially so yeah he says here it's from a new mode that allows you to go into special dungeons and battles to have non-canon scraps yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's exactly that these battles will allow players to enjoy taking on the mightiest enemies from the series using their dream party in ways that the story battles do not allow. So story battles and uh, the uh, challenge battles are completely separate, it seems. Yeah. That was right before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Also, uh, as you mentioned, it's, it's, uh, it's an allusion to their... their official demo in (laughs) 1996 or 7 I Mm -hmm. don't quite remember when it's released Ares was in there Uh, we were also able to cast level 2 magic like fire 2 bolt 2 and stuff and summon leviathan Yes, and we also saw leviathan being summoned in uh, in ever crisis demo uh, uh, trailer so this is definitely just uh, (laughs) a throwback to this demo but to show that this is actually possible, it's not just uh, demo stuff, but actually within this game, just not in the main story, but in those uh, challenge runs. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the article does go on to say that Square Enix knows that you want to play Final Fantasy VII compilation games on current consoles. So Nomura says, we have also seen that people want to be able to play the various different series titles on the current console hardware. So the design concept behind Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis is not intended to be a replacement for that, but a convenient and casual way to touch on these games. So hopefully, you know, we do get these compilation games um, on current generation consoles. And this kind of is reassuring to me that they know that we want that. Whether it's going to be a port of Ever Crisis on new hardware is yet to be seen. Nobody's really given any information about that. Unfortunately. The only thing is, like, I don't know how they would keep the gotcha um, mechanics of the mobile version of the game if they Mm. just ported it. So obviously they'd have to make changes there. um, Because PlayStation, like, PS5 has its own store. We have the PS Store. So I just don't... I just don't know if... It's going to be the same as as mobile because mobile like buying this is a lot easier i i feel than like buying these things on a ps5 so they yeah, probably have sure. to adapt it and or it's just a completely different uh game where it's not the same like it's similar you know what i mean but it's not an exact mm. just port with the same exact mechanics but Hopefully this means there's something in the work for the current generation consoles and we'll be able to get to play these experiences on PS5 and Xbox One Series X and potentially PC. That would be super cool. So I for sure hope so, yeah. Although um, Max Dude also said that he'll be using Bluestacks, uh, mobile, mm-hmm. a mobile game uh, emulator, to play this. He doesn't play on phones. Yeah. Me neither. So I might <laughs> t- just try this one. Try that to emulate sense. it. makes sense, yeah. I yeah. think it's for PC, right? And Android, I think? Yep. Yeah. Um, the emulator 
could be uh, also it, it's it's yeah blue stacks should be an, an android emu- android game emulator on pc as far as i understood oh, it okay. but i haven't have made my research so i just keep this this um, name in mind and as soon as it releases i'll just try to make it work mhm all right, and last but not least, in the article, it talks about music, presentation, and more. So uh, Nomura confirms that the music used in Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis will be all new arrangements, but based on the originals. So this is super mm. interesting to me. Yes. And so it's exciting. OST. It's exciting, <laughs> you know, uh, just it to is, hear new yeah. arrangements, kind of refreshed versions of the original songs that we haven't heard yet, potentially. I wonder if they're going to use the arrangements that were used in remake as well, like dispersed throughout, or do you think we'll get like brand new? I think new because I, I'm I'm pretty sure they want to to provide a similar audible experience or aud- auditory experience throughout mm-hmm. the whole Ever Crisis, so that all of them sound the same. Yeah, unless they um they take remake soundtrack. Add new ones if necessary, especially for all the other games, but just mm-hmm. in the same quality. But I, I, I do have a feeling that they will specifically rearrange those for uh, this mobile title. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling for that, which is also nice because that also means new OST to buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I can't get enough from all those right? different arrangements. <laughs> yeah, so first we'll get the Ever Crisis OST, and then we'll get like the super duper soundtrack and then we'll get this super extra plus soundtrack <laughs> yeah and this is the super mega uh, yeah <laughs> prologue 25 over 60 days uh, prelude <laughs> whatever soundtrack <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i'm i'm stoked for this though i think it'll be good it'll add a new element and make it sound more you know refreshed yeah. and mm. They're not rehashing, you know, just using the the remake um, music. I'm sure they'll probably have new arrangements of the remake yeah. tracks as well. Um, and they didn't say Maybe, if yeah. we'll get brand new songs, did they? Uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't say here. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm sure we will. All new arrangements, but based on the originals. So, yeah, arrangements. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if we'll get some brand new tracks. I guess we'll find out. It's possible they might use Avalanche's new theme. Oh, okay. At some point, maybe. Mm. But it also it all all depends on how they will depict the games. If they just go beat by beat of the, the yeah. original game, and not add anything new besides those new backstories of uh, certain characters, then I can see it just it's just the original soundtrack re- um, rearranged for yeah. all the games and mm-hmm. uh, Advent Children. All right, so moving on, we are just quickly going to talk about the Square Enix March 18th event that happened. So we didn't get any uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake content, but we did get the reveal of a new IP called Forspoken, which was essentially Project Athia. Um, and we got some other games being shown as well. I thought that I thought that it was okay. Oh, it was um, it was for. Um, Life is Strange as well, which yeah, got revealed as well. Yeah, which is huge. I know a lot of people are into that game and they're super excited about this as well. Um, for me, Forspoken, I thought it looked cool. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, like what exactly it is. I, I think that it's a little bit difficult to kind of grasp exactly what it is just based mm-hmm. on what they showed. 
because it was pretty short. Like it was the in-game was, yeah. um, cutscene or trailer that they did show was quite short. So it looks like it looks cool. I'm interested to see, you know, what this ends up being. And yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, it looks really good and interesting. And those short gameplay bits also looked promising. I haven't mm-hmm. had a time to look into it frame by frame to to glean more about the mechanics because I was uh, I'm still busy with integrate. Yes. Um, but I personally need to see more like actually longer gameplay segments where where you see how the battle system works, how traversal works, uh, how everything works together kind of maybe uh, mm-hmm. some 10 or 15 minutes gameplay presentation would be nice at some point. Yeah, I agree. Just to to see and experience how it is without actually uh, using a controller to, yeah, to make up uh, my mind if if it's something I want to play and buy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably. I I really hope it's something I I feel I want to. Yeah, but I, I currently I can't say because I I've seen too little. Don't really know anything about the story, mm-hmm. the potential story, what's what it's all about, and how it will play. So, but it looks good. That's certainly a plus. Uh, this is also the only one of only trailer of two I watched. I wasn't at home while it aired, so I had to watch afterwards. And then I saw that all this, the individual trailers were already released. So I just looked through them and watched True Colors. Um, Life is Strange, True Colors, and Forspoken. The other ones weren't really mm-hmm. of much interest for me. Yeah, same here. Um, so yeah, True Colors also looks good and interesting, but I don't know, since Life is Strange 2, I kind of lost interest a little bit. Okay. I don't really know why. Maybe I'm just too busy with other games, and other games are just more enticing to me. If yeah. I had much more time to play games, I probably would jump right into it again, because I, I love the first one. And this side story with um, Chloe was also pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people cringe at the sight of Life is Strange. I know why, but I kind of find it endearing. I think so too. Characters and what you can do. And I also love those visual novel style or inspired games where you can choose your own path and have different outcomes and different scenes. It's really interesting for completionists like me. That's also why I like... uh, David Cage's game, like uh, Beyond Two Souls mm-hmm. and uh, Heavy Rain, and the latest one, Detroit Become Human. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's also my jam, if I have the time, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I just, like, I played the first Life is Strange. I loved it. And then I didn't go back to the series after that because I'd just oh, been I so see. busy. And mm. the amount of time that I have to play games, I'm playing games that I know I'm going to enjoy, and I'm not really buying into something that's a completely different experience. You know what I mean? So I'm not, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I might end up getting Forspoken when it comes out. It's a new IP, a new experience. I'm not sure, but it depends on where I am at that point, what's going on in my life. And like, oh yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah I might not have time, but somebody on Twitter, I think they had said um, something interesting to me, which was, about how I guess people shouldn't be concerned about how they're going to do terrain traversal and like stuff for part two and part three of the remake, for example, like Cosmo Canyon and stuff. Cause there's like a part in the Forspoken trailer that shows uh, the main character like jumping and like 
um, traversing this terrain that's similar to Cosmo Canyon. And oh, they're like, oh, yeah, if yeah, you I feel remember. like, you know, you don't think Square Enix is going to be able to do more like an open world part for that nah. part of the for, of remake, then I'll look at what they can do in Forspoken and whatever. And I thought that was interesting because there is a part of the map that does kind of look reminiscent of uh, a little bit, yeah, Cosmo Canyon. True. Yeah, so it's to interesting. To be fair, in Horizon Zero Dawn, it also has an area which mm-hmm. looks kind of akin yeah. to Cosmo Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not something unique. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the last thing we are talking about today, we do have a listener question from Rima. So thank you so much, Rima, for your question. <laughs> and here it is. It says, Remake gave us Midgar with cats, cat quests, and retconned Wedge as a cat enthusiast. <laughs> what other weird details like this would you like to see in other locations? The next big city we visit will be Junon. So in the OG... It was populated with some dogs. Could it get the same treatment as Midgar with some dog-related content? What other locations could be improved with such twists? And how would that look? Hmm. So all I wrote was, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So I ran out of time to go into more detail about this before we had to start to record. But I think that it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. I think that they're going to go mm-hmm. there for Junon, the Junon segment of the story. Absolutely. I think they took the cats part and they expanded on that in, you know, part one of the remake. And now it would be a cool juxtaposition, I guess, to kind of get some dog content, mm-hmm. you know, for sure for Junon. And I do see I do see them kind of taking that further, whether it's more like, you know, being used in this story maybe even might like accompany us on that, you know, going to the beach and the whole Mr. You know, dolphin thing. Dolphin, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think here. <laughs> <laughs> like how it might be. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, it would be cool. I think to add that element. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I had, I had written down a, f- a few cool uh, ideas I had uh, this afternoon. So for the dogs in Junon makes sense, especially since it's a police military setting, and it's de facto, de facto a Shinra base. So that makes sense. dogs is is just a natural natural companion there that we see many dogs, police dogs, military dogs, um, yeah, dogs who who, know, who who maybe are able to sniff out Cloud wherever he goes. I don't know. <laughs> Hmm. Um, then about cats uh, Wutai also has a lot of cats it even has a, a 100 cats house or however it's oh, called yeah. it's just a, oh, yeah. a house full of cats oh my gosh I forgot about that yeah so Wutai cats confirmed <laughs> <laughs> and what I can also see is dolphin riding in Costa del Sol like Tifa f- finally yeah. being able to not just manifest dolphin but actually go play with dolphins I love it and uh, Mr. Dolphin would then be a foreshadowing in lower tune on, like Tifa, oh, I'd like to ride a dolphin too, but only Cloud can, of course, because it's the uh, main protagonist. But then in Costa del Sol, she, she says, ah, screw it, I'm, I'm catching one myself, and then she, you see her in the distance just uh, racing around with a dolphin or <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> would be nice. That would be cool. Um, Fort Condor lends itself to being a base for uh, eagles, condors, and other birds. And because of that, they don't have a rat problem. 
where the slums, Sector 7 slums had a rat problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we, we got to feel firsthand with the quest. Um, I can also see moles being sort of part of North Corral, maybe pets mm. or helpers for uh, digging up stuff. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, that would be cool, definitely, yeah. And on the way to North Corral, there's, if you rem- remember, there's also this nest with uh, mini cockatrice chicks. Mm-hmm. If you try to uh, get the treasure, which is 10 oh, phoenix yeah. stones, <laughs> uh, the cockatrice will attack you, the mother. So maybe they expand on this and there's maybe even a miner who is friends with uh, with them and takes care of them because maybe there's only the, the, the female round, the male got maybe killed or something and uh, the North Corral miner saved the little ones and they're now friends and if we mm-hmm. mess with them, uh, we'll, he'll be mad at us and if we leave them alone, he, he will probably just uh, give us some items for whatever. Maybe not at the start because Barrett is there and they hate Barrett and us by proxy too, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just maybe tie those things in a little bit. Would be nice. Um, wait, isn't there also a, a, a hidden cave just underneath? I don't remember if there is a, uh, a guy inside or not. Like, if, before you actually leave this part, you can uh, take the, the, uh, the other train track, like, behind... Yeah. The, the rock and near mm-hmm. to, uh, closer to the um, to the water body of water, and if there's a guy there, maybe it's even that, that guy. If you talk to him and didn't do anything with the, the nest, he gives you whatever. And if you disturb the nest, he will know and he will just uh, yap at you and snap <laughs> at you and uh, call you out, and you won't get anything. <laughs> um, then a really really strange idea I had I don't really know why but Sid could own his own aquarium not like a zoo aquarium but just a, a smaller ones with fish and he tends to them and it's really nice to those fish but only to those fish everyone else he just yells at them and uh, is, is uh, rough and uh, swears and stuff but those fish he, he really loves loves them mm-hmm. but still um, he is a uh, uh, then Shara could also use them for creating sushi. He might uh, first be upset mm. that uh, she she takes away his fishes, but oh. they taste so good, and oh, then God. he uh, he starts <laughs> to love sushi. And she learned this from someone who, f- who visited uh, from Wutai, and then he uh, sits then and goes to Wutai with us, and then manages to taste the real sushi Ooh. stuff and this in heaven. And I don't know, just some oh, crazy connections would be nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Although kind of dark if she like cooks his pet fish. <laughs> yeah. A bit, it's kind of to get back at him for oh, no. uh, for being uh, abusive a little bit at, oh, at least verbally. Tr- Ooh. Oh. That yeah. sounds cool. I like that <laughs> element. Yeah, that's true because he's a little abusive towards her. Oh my yeah. gosh. But th- then she feels bad and just makes some good sushi and uh, tries to make it up for uh, to him and just tries to get him calm down and forget the past. I don't know. Just something, because I think they need to mm-hmm. to remedy their, their relationship at least a little bit, because exactly how it's depicted in the original is a little bit weird, especially in a not-comical setting, because <laughs> now everything looks much more real and sounds yeah. real. Back then, with those Lego people and only in text, they could get away with those, because it's, yeah. it was comical from the start. Um, but yeah, I really hope there's, that they, they do some 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 crazy... Crazy crap with uh, with Sid there, yeah. like to juxtapose his rough nature with something that he cherishes. Yeah, I agree. 
and not just the rocket because the rocket is why he's the way it is right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And Vincent has a pet spider. <laughs> and most most people listening probably know where I have this idea from. It's uh, the Machine Abridged FF7 uh, series. Yeah. Where sometimes uh, you see a spider uh, run over his face and Barry's like, <laughs> oh, 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 please, <laughs> do this away. I hate spiders. <laughs> It's fun. And if they expand on Bone Village, why not an archaeology muse- museum where you see uh, like life forms that, that uh, lived 2,000 years ago when like uh, Chinova came to, uh, to the planet? Maybe even uh, some, some dragons that are not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe even remnants of some... Beasts back then, summoned beasts or something. I don't know. Just, just to enlarge the lo- the lore a bit, a little bit, expand on the lore, just by showing us stuff from the past without mm-hmm. dialogue or stuff. Just, yeah, show us the juicy bits. And huskies at Icicle Inn, they are so adorable. Yeah. Maybe even. Um, but maybe we can we can even use uh, a husky yes. sled of sorts. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. Dog sled. Yeah. Dog sled. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Maybe a mini game. Maybe mini game or fast Dog travel. Dog uh, When we when we uh, <laughs> reach Holtzoff's cabin, we can fast travel oh. back to to Icicle Inn through the Great be Glacier. Cool. Because we need to go through at least once. But then if we went through it, backtracking is a pain. So we could just use his, uh, his dogs to uh, back, backtrack Isaac mm-hmm. Lynn, maybe then go back again. Would be cool. Kind of like uh, uh, an allusion to or a parallel to the Chocobo carriage in, in the first game. Right. As a fast travel option. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, I hope that Chocobos are expanded upon a little bit yeah, more. Sure. Obviously in Remake, you know, we saw them. And they're used as a fast travel device, but not really any much more than that, you know? Like, no, not much lore or story no. given, which you, obviously it comes more, like, later in the OG. For sure, yeah. Which I understand, but I don't know. You have the Chocobo farm, which can start with it. Mm-hmm. We have more Chocobos in the Gold Saucer, which we even have to use to prove ourselves to escape, unless exactly. they do it differently this time. Yeah. Um, we have, well, Chocobo breeding is for much later. That's for the last Mm -hmm. part. But I I hope they expand upon Chocobos as well. Like, have them in more places. Yeah. Maybe before we get to Buggy, uh, we're also able to run around with them, catch them maybe, but not breed them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do in the future parts. And I think that the potential is there to really expand on this and add some more elements there. Just some cute little touches and things that will, I guess, you know, like comedic moments or like you had said, you know, with the, with Sid and the aquarium mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. And uh, I don't know. I think that it's open really to see, you know, they can literally do anything. And I think that definitely, I think we're going to see the dogs and I think they're going to expand on that a little bit um, in Junon. And I think that it would be, it would be cool to see, I don't know 
if this will happen or not, but maybe, you know, a dog helps them even maybe, mm-hmm. or I don't know, like a military dog or a police dog or something like that. And there's some and kind Aerith of... calls him Stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> some kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Something that happens where one shows up and it's trying to help them, but they're trying to... I don't know, maybe they're more attuned to the live stream and like they come to Aerith and Aerith has a connection with the dog and then the dog Mm -hmm. is like showing them the way to go or something to help them. And I don't know, like Red 13 is kind of like... In the prison. It'll be interesting to see what his opinion as well is about pets. Like maybe he has some Oh, for sure, yeah, right. You know, like where he's been captured and he's, you know like an animal that can talk maybe there's a joke there even where <laughs> maybe yeah. just be like you know like yeah i don't know i don't know some kind of comedy can be used there oh for sure the story yeah. and maybe he can give his opinion about how he feels about maybe them being used as a tool for humans for <laughs> you know the police and military and maybe also where you know he has to be dressed up in that mm. Yeah, for the for the Chunan cargo ship, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, I feel like it's gonna be good. I feel like they're gonna add some funny elements there. Definitely. Uh do do you remember if there's a dog in the Corral prison underneath Gold Saucer? I think there's a dog somewhere where uh, which follows you around a little bit. I don't uh, quite I remember. Think so. But then it's th- this your idea of a dog helping us out could help there to find the way or maybe if mm-hmm. we get lost in the desert outside the dog comes to help us and uh, show us the way back or something although on the other hand red 13 can just uh, do this on his own with his nose or maybe his yeah. nose is not good enough for for this area because he's That's not true. used to the desert and his nose is dry and he sneezes all the time i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but they did use a lot of cat in the original in part one so i feel like give the dog some love yeah absolutely and probably some side quests as well you know with the dogs and you know i guess we'll see find my three friends (laughs) there there are four legs and uh they're a little bit bigger than me (laughs) yeah another betty (laughs) betty version 2.0 with the dogs Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. Sally. Maybe not Betty, Betty's but it's Sally even in Junon. Like she's grown up yeah. a bit, and now she's there, and she has a dog shelter. Like I don't know. Oh, you mean Priscilla? Yeah, maybe. That's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Priscilla. Yeah. Although that wouldn't really make sense. So never mind. Yeah, because of the dolphin. <laughs> she's a dolphin girl. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Scratch that. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe uh, even um, Tifa is the one who deals with the. The final blow to um, bottom swell with a dolphin limit break, and then Ooh. Priscilla goes like, "Oh, you have a dolphin too! Yay, you're my friend now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. So that concludes today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any ideas for upcoming topics, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com the reunion podcast at gmail.com we do have a discord server for the podcast so the link for the discord server is listed in the description of each episode so you can just click right on that and it'll uh, open up your mobile browser and ask for you to be added to our discord server 
We do have a Twitter account. It's at reunion underscore podcast. And like I said, we are doing an amazing giveaway right now. We are going to be giving away a digital deluxe edition of Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. So here's what you have to do. Hop on over to our Twitter and follow us there. And then you can either retweet or quote tweet a posting about the giveaway. And we hopefully will be picking the lucky winner on the date that the game comes out, which is June the 10th. We do have a Facebook profile as well. It's Reunion Podcast. Our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast. And our Instagram account is at The Reunion Podcast. And Viz, did you want to drop your socials for Cosmic Canyon Observatory? For sure. So the main channel is on YouTube, of course, called Cosmo Canyon Observatory. It's pretty easy to find. And now we also have a Twitter account, which is at CC underscore observatory. Right now it's a little bit of a drought with additional content because I have uh, so much to do with integrate stuff. But I, I plan to keep go on going with the, the CCO gems, like those mm-hmm. small analyses and uh, screenshots and comparisons. And we also always talk day in, day out on our <laughs> Discord server, which is also called Cosmo Canyon Observatory. And you can find the link to it on our Twitter bio, in our Twitter bio and also on the YouTube page in the banner and in each YouTube video in the description. So it's pretty easy to find and to join. Perfect. And of course, don't forget to like and sub the podcast. Also write a review if you feel so inclined. Honestly, it is the best way to support us here on the podcast. And it really, really, really helps us. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us for this episode. We can't wait to talk to you guys all soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Stay safe and take care. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.